From Labradoodles to Cronuts, the world loves a hybrid. So today, businesses are taking a smarter hybrid cloud approach using the tools, platform, and expertise of IBM. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud. Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Teams. Now there are more ways to be a team with Microsoft Teams. Bring everyone together in one space with a new virtual room. Collaborate live, drawing, sharing, and building ideas with everyone on the same page. And make sure more of your team is seen and heard with up to 49 people on screen at once. Learn more about all the newest Teams features at Microsoft.com Teams. Hey guys, welcome to the show. This is View from the Cheap Seats. This is Thanksgiving week. We can say right out of the gates that Randy and I are super grateful to you guys for letting us come to you every week and talk about what we find interesting and funny and fascinating in the world of sports with our funny friends, comedians, and sometimes big time sports personnel, athletes, and uh analysts within the game it is so fun for us sports is a passion for us it's an escape for us but at the same time it encapsulates life as we know it so we live through it it has gotten us through this pandemic in so many ways and doing the show has gotten us through it so i'm grateful to do this randy i'm sure i'm grateful to do it with you even i know though, i'm uh, grateful to do it as well and i i do think you know what sports provides for us on such a funny level it takes itself way too seriously and that's where we're sort of there to be like whoa 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 slow down uh because whenever you get and this just happens we find out in in, in quick hits and it's kind of the main focus of our top take today a bunch of young kids who suddenly are like multi-millionaires and have nobody telling them no, that's when, to me, the comedy starts. Yep. And so with that in mind, let's talk about something that happened this past week, and that was the NBA draft, which did you know it happened this past week, Jay? You know, it, I it almost was, didn't. <laughs> it was almost the most uneventful NBA draft on the heels of what seemed to be one of the most monumental, exciting, and eventful NBA seasons that totally, they pulled off. Totally. I mean, so, the... the NBA season could not have gone the the bubble and the and the lemon that they were handed they could not have turned it into a Mike's hard lemonade any better. They made it spicy, they made it fun, they leaned into it, they leaned into the bubble. You had incredible matchups, you had the team that you want LeBron won in the end. So it's like you know, it's for the league their biggest star won the biggest trophy. And that is when there when there wasn't a lot of other sports on. So every game and every matchup was exciting. And yeah, we watched we watched it religiously. You and I, without a team, without a dog in the race, we had the Clippers, the Clippers, but like for the most part. We watched that. I watched matchups that I didn't care, you know, that I didn't really have a dog. Like to me, the the Dallas Clippers matchup was amazing. And even though I'm a Clippers fan, I was like the, the Luka Doncic shot is incredible. So the NBA is set up for and they are set up for the future because you've got guys like Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray and teams like the Denver Nuggets. And, you know, we don't know where James Harden is going to go next year. Brooklyn's going to be amazing as Durant and Kyrie Irving come back. Golden and, State comes back and they're well, but but Clay Thompson is injured. So that's a bad thing. So it's like, you know, true, you but they have, just got Ubre. So like they, right. they're going to be better. I mean, and they are. So there are a lot. There's a lot to be excited about. And the future of the NBA, it's not like, you know, 
pro tennis where your biggest stars are all like at the very tippy top of their age. Yes, LeBron, but LeBron's an anomaly. He's like, you, you can't talk about LeBron. He's incredible, but he's an anomaly. The, 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 some of the best, most exciting stars are under the age of 25 or under the age of 27. So you're looking at, yeah, we don't even I, know. We have Zion with a full season under his belt. Dude, that he's going to be amazing. So let's talk about that. So the draft happened last week, and I can't even tell you where anybody went. I know that Obi Toppin went to uh, the, Knicks. the Knicks. That's what I can tell you. Obi Toppin went to the Knicks. And I thought well, Obi Toppin... I also know that LaMelo Ball went to Charlotte. So I know Fine. that. So, so now Lonzo Ball and Michael Jordan have to interact. That, to me, is maybe the best part of this whole Not draft. Not Lonzo Ball, LeVar. Uh, excuse me. LeVar Ball and Michael Jordan have to interact. LeVar Ball, who said he could beat Jordan one-on-one. -on -one. Good luck. This dude is going to eat your lunch every day. Mm -hmm. That is what's going on. I'm saying Jordan will to LeVar uh, Ball. But the point is, like, how good is LaMelo Ball? Do you know? Well, I, I, we don't I guess know. he's and good. I, I think part of the reason why... We are in a situation now where the top high school kids, if you talk about the top, top echelon of high school kids, exactly, aren't even just playing a year in college anymore. They're opting to go to the G League, which no one really watches, or to go right. overseas to Europe, which again, which no, no one really watches, which no one really watches. So, so they're opting for money and they're opting for who knows what immediately. And I think what they're losing in that regard, and I think it's like taking the thing that's in front of you that's just a quick fix instead of like the larger thing. Because you think about think about what Zion did. Now, I'm not saying there's anyone in this draft who Jamie Wiseman isn't Zion. And there are nope. like, nope. you know, James Wiseman. That, that Those guys aren't this, aren't his caliber. They're not generational talents. Right. Right. But without playing for Duke and going through the tournament and, you know, or playing for Kentucky, Jamal Murray was on Kentucky, like guys built up. No, you, play for, you play for Duke in a regular college basketball season. You are going to play North Carolina three times. And those three times are going to be on national TV and everybody is going to be watching it. And your ability to shine in those moments. And then the ACC tournament and then the NCAA tournament is makes you a star that has star making capabilities that can, t you know, entice and titillate and enhance your ability to then step into the league and have people have expectations for you. Luka Doncic was the best player in Europe, but people barely knew him over here. You'd had to be a basketball insider to know how good he was. He needed to do it here for a year or so in order for them to, and then he needed a second year in order for him to be as good as he was so that people could understand that he was good. So, you know, how good is Dante Exum? I don't know. I mean, I guess he's good, but like he was playing in Australia, you know? And so I agree with you. I think, and I think the G League, which forming now will give an opportunity for high school players to make $500,000, which is a lot of money coming out of high school. And that's life changing money for a family for one year. And the G League develops you in, and makes you a better, more NBA ready player. You might be a better player in the NBA because you went through one year of the G League. But who's watching the G League? And how do we know who's playing well in the G League? And the G League, you know, it's a mix of you got a team of a bunch of high school, all Americans and like McDonald's all Americans, the top 10 guys or whatever, but who's going to watch that? I don't think a lot of people are going to watch that. Yeah. It's like, who's going to watch minor league baseball. I mean, you know, yes, it's interesting when Tim Tebow drops down and plays in minor league baseball, but 
there's no contract right now with the G League that's putting it on anywhere. And maybe if they get a, some high high caliber talent, it'll start to draw attention. But again, you're going for the quick fix. And as a result, instead, we don't have big time star power in this draft. By the way, we're not ball. saying, and we're not saying eliminate this. We're saying this is good for those players and their families. This is a really good thing. However, well, you have to be prepared to accept the byproduct, which is by the, t- when you step into a draft, if you haven't like lit it up as college player of the year, and if you haven't done things in the tournament that have made it on sports center and the best plays of the year and all that stuff, you're not, no one's going to know who you are and they're not going to really have a full sense of who you are. And the excitement around you won't be big until you get into the league and prove yourself. Yeah. Maybe one of these guys from this draft is going to be good. And I'm sure NBA scouts know a hell of a lot more than we do about players and comparisons. Like the Pistons and the- drafted a guy from France. Is he good? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he's great. Maybe he's the next Tony Kukoc. I don't know. Big white guy, six, seven from France. I don't okay. know much about him. Nope. I haven't seen his body of work. Me either. And so it just makes the draft not great and it tamps down excitement for team. And what is a draft? But it's all about potential. The draft is all of it's hope. The draft is hope. Look what we put on our team. This is the future. The future is now. And look, we, you know, New Orleans might have lost Anthony Davis, but look, the the thing that cushioned the blow of losing Anthony Davis was getting Zion. And so, you know, that was the hope of the draft. Yeah, I mean, the only one who really we have a body of work and who people are kind of excited about, again, I don't know if he's going to be great in the NBA, is, I think, of the Knicks. Obi Toppin, that's a guy who could come in and actually get minutes on a bad team and be decent. Yeah, he's a he's a tall guy with some range. I mean, who knows if he's going to be Marcus Camby or is he going to be, does he have better range outside? Who knows? All I know is that... He's a name that we know, and we only know him because he played great for Dayton, and he took a Dayton team that was nothing and made them like, you know, they won 27 games a year because he played in college. So that is what it is. I mean, to me, it's like the draft this past week and and our analogy, and you can say the analogy because you came up with it. It would be like going to see Wings, the band Wings, perform without Paul McCartney. It'd be like going to see Wings perform without Linda McCartney, I think. Okay, so... They're all band members and they're all really talented at what, and they're good at what they do, but would you pay money to see them? And that's the next thing. Like, are any of these guys going to move the needle for their fan base? Like are Knicks fans excited that they got him? Are Pistons fans feeling like we turned the franchise around by having this guy? Because it's the perception too, as in, as a business thing, you'd have to think that the NBA wants these guys to build their names up. So they come in with excitement, which it just wasn't. All right. That's our top take. Uh, and speaking of talent, the, our, our, our guest is fantastic. He knows, he knows from talent. He understands it, it's in the NFL, but uh, he's one of the great fantasy guys. And again, he understands every player NFL networks. Fantastic. Very funny. Does stand up comedy as well. Uh, he's our buddy, Adam and he's with us after the break. guys welcome to the show this is view from the cheap seats this is thanksgiving week we can say right out of the gates that randy and i are super grateful to you guys for letting us 
come to you every week and talk about what we find interesting and funny and fascinating in the world of sports with our funny friends, comedians, and sometimes big time sports personnel, athletes, and uh, analysts within the game. It is so fun for us. Sports is a passion for us. It's an escape for us, but at the same time, it encapsulates life as we know it. So we live through it. It has gotten us through this pandemic in so many ways and doing the show has gotten us through it. So I'm grateful to do this, Randy, I'm sure I'm grateful to do it with you. Even I know though, I'm uh, grateful to do it as well. And I, I do think, you know, what sports provides for us on such a funny level, it takes itself way too seriously. And that's where we're sort of there to be like, whoa, 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 slow down. Uh, because whenever you get, and this just happens, we find out in, in, in quick hits and it's kind of the main focus of our top take today, a bunch of young kids who suddenly are like multimillionaires and have nobody telling them no, that's when, to me, the comedy starts. Yep. And so with that in mind, let's talk about something that happened this past week, and that was the NBA draft, which did you know it happened this past week, Jay? You know, it, I it almost was, didn't. <laughs> it was almost the most uneventful NBA draft on the heels of what seemed to be one of the most monumental, exciting, and eventful NBA seasons that totally, they pulled off. Totally. I mean, so, the... the NBA season could not have gone the the bubble and the and the lemon that they were handed they could not have turned it into a Mike's hard lemonade any better. They made it spicy, they made it fun, they leaned into it, they leaned into the bubble. You had incredible matchups, you had the team that you want LeBron won in the end. So it's like you know, it's for the league their biggest star won the biggest trophy. And that is when there when there wasn't a lot of other sports on. So every game and every matchup was exciting. And yeah, we watched we watched it religiously. You and I, without a team, without a dog in the race. Well, we had the Clippers, the Clippers. But like for the most part, we watched that. I watched matchups that I didn't care, you know, that I didn't really have a dog. Like to me, the the Dallas Clippers matchup was amazing. And even though I'm a Clippers fan, I was like the, the Luka Doncic shot is incredible. So the NBA is set up for and they are set up for the future because you've got guys like Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray and teams like the Denver Nuggets. And, you know, we don't know where James Harden is going to go next year. Brooklyn's going to be amazing as Durant and Kyrie Irving come back. Golden it's, State comes back and they're well, but but Clay Thompson is injured. So that's a bad thing. So it's like, you know, true, you but they have, just got Ubre. So like they, right. they're going to be better. I mean, and they are. So there are a lot. There's a lot to be excited about. And the future of the NBA, it's not like, you know, pro tennis where your biggest stars are all like at the very tippy top of their age. Yes. LeBron, but LeBron's an anomaly. He's like, you, you can't talk about LeBron. He's incredible, but he's an anomaly. The, 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 some of the best, most exciting stars are under the age of 25 or under the age of 27. So you're looking at, yeah, we don't even up. know. We have Zion with a full season under his belt, dude, that he's going to be amazing. So let's talk about that. So the draft happened last week and I can't even tell you where anybody went. I know that OB, Toppin went to uh, the, Knicks. the Knicks. That's what I can tell you. Obi Toppin went to the Knicks, and I thought well, Obi Toppin I also know that Lamelo Ball went to Charlotte. So I know Fine. that. So so now Lonzo Ball and Michael Jordan have to interact. That to me is maybe the best part of this whole. Not draft. Lonzo Ball, Lavar. I excuse me, Lavar Ball and Michael Jordan have to interact. Lavar Ball, who said he could beat Jordan one on one. Good luck. This dude is going to eat your lunch every day. Mm-hmm. That is what's going. On. I'm saying Jordan will too. LeVar uh, Ball. Ball. But the point is, like, how good is LaMelo Ball? Do you know? 
Well, I, I, we don't I guess know. He's and good. I, I think part of the reason why we are in a situation now where the top high school kids, if you talk about the top, top echelon of high school kids, exactly, aren't even just playing a year in college anymore. They're opting to go to the G League, which no one really watches, or to go right. overseas to Europe, which again, which no, no one really watches, which no one really watches. So, so they're opting for money and they're opting for who knows what immediately. And I think what they're losing in that regard, and I think it's like taking the thing that's in front of you, that's just a quick fix instead of like the larger thing. Cause you think about, think about what Zion did. Now I'm not saying there's anyone in this draft who Jamie Wiseman isn't Zion. And there are nope. like, nope. you know, James Wiseman, that, that those guys aren't this, aren't his caliber. They're not generational talents. Right. Right. But without playing for Duke and going through the tournament and, you know, or playing for Kentucky, Jamal Murray was on Kentucky. Like guys built up. No, you, play for, you play for Duke in a regular college basketball season. You are going to play North Carolina three times. And those three times are going to be on national TV and everybody is going to be watching it. And your ability to shine in those moments. And then the ACC tournament and then the NCAA tournament is makes you a star that has star making capabilities that can, you know, entice and titillate and enhance your ability to then step into the league and have people have expectations for you. Luka Doncic was the best player in Europe, but people barely knew him over here. You'd had to be a basketball insider to know how good he was. He needed to do it here for a year or so in order for them to, and then he needed a second year in order for him to be as good as he was so that people could understand that he was good. So, you know, how good is Dante Exum? I don't know. I mean, I guess he's good, but like he was playing in Australia, you know? And so I agree with you. I think, and I think the G League, which forming now will give an opportunity for high school players to make $500,000, which is a lot of money coming out of high school. And that's life changing money for a family for one year. And the G League develops you in, and makes you a better, more NBA ready player. You might be a better player in the NBA because you went through one year of the G League. But who's watching the G League? And how do we know who's playing well in the G League? And the G League, you know, it's a mix of you got a team of a bunch of high school, all Americans and like McDonald's all Americans, the top 10 guys or whatever, but who's going to watch that? I don't think a lot of people are going to watch that. Yeah. It's like, who's going to watch minor league baseball. I mean, you know, yes, it's interesting when Tim Tebow drops down and plays in minor league baseball, but there's no contract right now with the G league that's putting it on anywhere. And maybe if they get a, some high, high caliber talent, it'll start to draw attention. But again, you're going for the quick fix and as a result, instead, we don't have big time star power in this draft. By the Lamella way, we're not Ball, saying, and we're not saying eliminate this. We're saying this is good for those players and their families. This is a really good thing. However, well, you have to be prepared to accept the byproduct, which is by the when you step into a draft, if you haven't like lit it up as college player of the year, and if you haven't done things in the tournament that have made it on Sports Center and the best plays of the year and all that stuff, you're not. No one's going to know who you are and they're not going to really have a full sense of who you are. And the excitement around you won't be big until you get into the league and prove yourself. Yeah. Maybe one of these guys from this draft is going to be good. And I'm sure NBA scouts know a hell of a lot more than we do about players and comparisons. Like the Pistons and drafted a guy from France. Is he good? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he's great. Maybe he's the next Tony Kukoc. I don't know. Big white guy, six, seven from France. I don't okay. know much about him. 
nope, I haven't me, seen his body of work. Me either. And so it just makes the draft not great. And it tamps down excitement for team. And what is a draft? But it's all about potential. The draft oh. is all of it's hope. The draft is hope. Look what we put on our team. This is the future. The future is now. And look, we, you know, New Orleans might have lost Anthony Davis, but look, the, the thing that cushioned the blow of losing Anthony Davis was getting Zion. And so, you know, that was the hope of the draft. Yeah. I mean, the only one who really we have a body of work and who people are kind of excited about, again, I don't know if he's going to be great in the NBA, is I think of the Knicks. Obi Toppin, that's a guy who could come in and actually get minutes on a bad team and be decent. Yeah, he's a he's a tall guy with some range. I mean, who knows if he's going to be Marcus Camby or is he going to be, does he have better range outside? Who knows? All I know is that he's a name that we know and we only know him because he played great for Dayton and he took a Dayton team that was nothing and made them like, you know, they won 27 games a year because he played in college. So that is what it is. I mean, to me, it's like the draft this past week and, and our analogy, and you can say the analogy because you came up with it, it would be like going to see Wings, the band Wings, perform without Paul McCartney. It'd be like going to see Wings perform without Linda McCartney, I think. Okay, so they're all band members and they're all really talented at what, and they're good at what they do, but would you pay money to see them? And that's the next thing. Like, are any of these guys going to move the needle for their fan base? Like are Knicks fans excited that they got him? Are Pistons fans feeling like we turned the franchise around by having this guy? Because it's the perception too, as in, as a business thing, you'd have to think that the NBA wants these guys to build their names up. So they come in with excitement, which it just wasn't. All right. That's our top take. Uh, and speaking of talent, the, our, our, our guest is fantastic. He knows, he knows from talent. He understands it, it's in the NFL, but uh, he's one of the great fantasy guys. And again, he understands every player NFL networks. Fantastic. Very funny. Does stand up comedy as well. Uh, he's our buddy, Adam and he's with us after the break. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. We love having this dude on. Aside from just loving him and, and <laughs> getting to know him at when we were at the NFL Network, he's a funny dude, but he gets the NFL and fantasy on the deepest level. Uh, does a show on the NFL Network five days a week about it, which we'll get into all that stuff. Uh, and he's a great follow on Twitter. Adam Rank, welcome, buddy. How are you? Oh, my gosh. It's so good to be back. It's it's the big one. Like, you know, yeah. like it feels like because we are colleagues at one point. Sure. And I feel like it's the courtesy of like, well, we should have Rank on like whatever. It's but the not fact the courtesy. The, the fact that I get to come on a second time shows like, okay, so it wasn't horrific. It's like, uh, yeah. you know, it, like panel on the old tonight show where you're like, uh -huh. come on back. Come on. We, you're waved, like, oh my God, cool. we waved you over. We waved you over. Uh, it's so great. I mean, again, we, we look for people on this show who not only get it, but understand what we're trying to do too, which is have fun with it too, which is yeah. something that you do on your show all the time. And you, you even have a comedy background. So you understand what it is to take. I mean, again, the NFL is something that takes itself so goddamn seriously <laughs> that you've sometimes have to pull the air, the pin out of the air there. It's, it's crazy. It's, I mean, to, to put it in Antonio Brown's terms, sometimes you have to throw the bike at the security guard. That's a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. What do you got to do? You got to do what you got to do. Sometimes, you know, we come in and we see Mr. Silver who works the gate at the, at the network. Sometimes you got to throw the bike at him. He just I, knows. 
By the way, I love that guy. I remember that guy. Um, he was the he's the best. He's legitimately the best. the best. It's so funny that you bring that up because we like to have a little bit of fun. And I on Saturdays, I do Good Morning Football Weekend. Yep. And we do these skits. So I was doing a thing called Flex Steals, which uh-huh. is obviously a parody, whatever. Not a big thing. Mm-hmm. We had like six hours of meetings and going through like, hey, we want to make sure we don't get. I'm like, I'm pretty confident we're not going to get sued. Nobody's yeah. nobody's yeah. going to care. The Flex Seal guy is not going to care that much. Right. And then my friend James mm-hmm. Coe, who uh-huh. does stuff for DirecTV, clearly blatantly stealing Star Wars marks. Like yeah. just uh, Boba Fett outfit, yeah. <laughs> the child, baby Yoda, whatever you want to call Yoda, him. Yeah. He's doing it all. And I'm like, you have like no legal recourse. He's like, not even a one. Not like, I one. spent, I couldn't scroll. Like I was in trouble for scrolling flex steel on a bucket, not even looking like the logo, but just yeah, scribbling you, you, it on a bucket. You also tried to spray the underside of a boat, which was well, not that, cool. That, that, was, that, not, was, that not was not smart. cool. That was not that was cool. Not smart. Uh, so let's talk about this because I just want to get into it because the NFL is pretty much along with college football. The NFL is really the, the star of sports right now, as we're sitting here, like I, I can't even, we talked about this at the top of the show. I can't even tell you where players went in the NBA draft. Remember when that was oh a big gosh, thing? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if that's a function of the NBA draft happening now as, in, as opposed to April when it normally happened. Or, yeah, I think it's April. Or the, the, the Excuse me, the NFL draft is in April. The NBA draft, I can't even June, tell you. June. Who, <laughs> it's in June. So, like, I can't, but it's a happening, and I just think that's a function of the players not being so great. And the, we talked about players going over to play in Europe, and you don't really get a chance to see them, whatnot. But it is the NFL's time to shine right now. And when you have a game like last night, which I actually thought was a fantastic game, the Rams and the Rams and the, you know, Tampa Bay, it just was amazing. Like I I couldn't believe that pass that Tom Brady made at the end, which was probably one of the worst in his career. That was, that was Mitchell Trubisky. Like it was, it was so bad. Like you're, you know, as somebody who roots for a team that's been quarterback star for quite some time to see him make it, I'm familiar with that pass. I think for a lot of people who are huge fans of Tom Brady, they're not accustomed to that kind of thing. It's kind of like if you're going through the internet and you get one of those suggested stories like, hey, let's look at these stars of Boy Meets World now. And you're kind of, you know, thrown yes, off. I've been there. Not no, Danielle, though, is still. Yes. She's as great as ever. Is that Topanga? Is that Topanga? Topanga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's married to our friend who's been on this show, Jensen Carp. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yes. I the used best to. Dude. I, I try not to bother them because I'm a professional wrestling fan as well. Yeah. So when I see them at shows, I kind of give them the Hollywood head nod. Like, yes. Yeah. I know go. who you are. You have no <laughs> idea who I am. That's right. But it's so weird because sometimes you'll look at her and you'll just, you forget that they're not your friend. Like you've right. seen them on television enough. I did this. I did this to uh, Craig Robinson. Yeah. One time. Listen to me name dropping. Yeah. No, Craig um, Robinson, the best. I was at a, I was at a Panda Express in Culver City. He used to, he must have lived in the area because he used to run into him. And you just forget, like you're running in and you're like, "Hey, man, what's going on?" And he's super nice. He's like, "Hey, yes. how are you?" And I looked at him and I'm like, "You have no idea who I am." And right. I, just, I just I walked right in. The familiarity so level was huge. I just, by the way, I just binge watched the entire series with my 11 year old son of The Office and. Like I know Craig, we've known him forever. Like we've just known him through stand-up forever. And for yeah. me to just, I, I next time I want to see him, I just want to be like, I loved your acting. You're so good yeah. in this. So like, good, so, so good. Well, I mean, 
restrained. Jay had a moment like that with Aaron Rodgers here in L.A. And Jay, I mean, we've talked about it on the show before, but I was I was talking on the phone with my friend in Chicago and probably even talking about the Bears or something, just messing around. Old friend from college. He's in Chicago. And like I had to pee so badly. And I <laughs> and I knew there was a store that I had bought a shirt in like a while ago. And I kind of knew the people in the store. And I'm like, if I go in and mess around in this store, I'll be able to use their bathroom. So I go in to use the bathroom and I come and there's no one in the store. I come out of the bathroom and I look up and there's Aaron Rodgers like in the store. And he's like, <laughs> it, like he almost like he was waiting for me to come to the bathroom. He's like, dude. And I'm like, dude. And he's like, where's your brother? And ah. I'm like, what? And he's like, come on, man, cheap seats. Let's get into it. Let's talk. Oh my about gosh. It. And he was so funny and he was so cool. And he's like, you know, he's everything you think he's everything you want him to be and Aaron Rodgers to be. No, and, you don't, and, no, it's a Bears fan. I don't want him to be that. I don't like him. I know, man. I, I hear him. you. It's uh like, Nick Nick Swartzen talks about that because he's a huge Vikings fan. Yeah. And it's when and when I actually had to talk to Aaron Rodgers, I use that as an olive branch because I'm like, he might know who I am and he yeah. might not care for me. Yeah. And <laughs> I might have been wearing a bear starters jacket at the Stop same it. time as well. Stop an eight ball jacket that turned into a bear's jacket. Uh, yeah, one of the <laughs> one of those. But he was super cool, and he kind of like understood where I was coming from, and he probably realized that I don't literally hate him. I right. hate him as a a football as an actor. Well, so no, as but an he actor would, on Sunday, right? He would appreciate that you hate so, how good he is, like how yes. he frustrates you. And I'll say this, you know, I can't believe they lost this weekend. Ugh. But but his play and some of the throws he made moving the team down the field, you know, in in direct con, he did everything he could to to get his team to win that game. Well, yes. and 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 I'm going to put this in a fantasy context because you know not to talk about my fantasy league because talking about your fantasy league is like and your week is like it's my about, job. You can talk about it, but it's like talking about your dreams to other people. Nobody your, wants to hear it. My daughter children. told me about her. My my 15 year old daughter told me about her dream and. She knew so much about what, like, she had so many details that I literally, like, two <laughs> minutes in, I was like, I love you and I can listen to anything that you tell me. And I'm so happy that at 15, you still talk to me, but shut the fuck up about your dream. <laughs> so, so I, in my league, I'm at the near the bottom of the league, just having a bad year, a bunch of weird losses. I, I usually do middle of the pack. And one time last year, I won it, but like, I won my league for the first time. But so I'm having a bad year. I'm near the bottom, but one of my bright spots was Dalvin Cook, and um, he was just crushing it for me. And so my friend's son, who's also in the league, emailed or texted me and was like, hey, I noticed you're at the bottom of the league, and I, and I want to make like a blockbuster trade. Can I, I want to get Dalvin Cook because I'm at the top of the league, and I really need a running back. And I was like, all right, well, what are you offering me? And I thought he was going to be offering me garbage just to like get this running back. He offered me Aaron Rodgers. Now, my two quarterbacks were Drew Brees and Joe Burrow. Oh my gosh. So I was like, yeah. And Nick Chubb. So I'm like, all right, I'll take Chubb and Rogers and I'll pick up all my points. And now I have a good quarterback. And sure yeah. enough, we, the trade went through and I won my week this week. That's and that's just, I mean, so that was like a windfall. And then he won his week because Dalvin cook gave him 26 points. So like, you know, I do love that fantasy for me is helping me understand how teams operate like role players on other teams and stars on other teams, how they do. I'm like, have a sense of how their team is doing because I'm following, not just my guys.
That's the best part of it is, is following along that way and, and watching games you wouldn't normally watch. If you have James Robinson, the running back for the Jags, you're not missing the Jags game. Normally, you're probably not going out to seek the Jags. Like, no, no. no disrespect down to my friends yeah. in Duval County. But it's so funny because last night, Steve Lemmy from Tacoma mm-hmm. FD mm-hmm. was we were talking because his two quarterbacks are Drew uh-huh. Brees and Joe Burrow. And That's he was talking about crazy. that same situation. Like, what do I do? Cause it's just crazy. Like a crazy combination to have. And so, uh, yeah, that's a good move. I'm assuming your friend's son probably had another good quarterback. Cause I know like now I'll talk about my team, but like I had Aaron Rodgers and Justin Herbert and I yeah. did the same thing. I looked for somebody who needed a quarterback and I'm like, I'd prefer to get rid of Rodgers because I don't like rooting for him. Yeah. But I'll give you either one for like DK Metcalf or whoever it is. And you make well, a deal. So, so Justin Herbert is just, to me, Justin Herbert and and Chase Claypool are like the two dudes who came in this year. And I have and are having, nice. having such an unbelievable impact. I just am like, it's amazing. I have Juju Schuster Smith and I'm like, I'm feeling the impact of how good Chase Claypool is because Schuster Smith's points are going away. And it's yeah. it's amazing to see young dudes come in the league and ha- and you knew Chase Claypool was good. He was yeah, he was it's so funny because he was always like this guy whose uniform and at Notre Dame didn't seem to fit him. I'm like, is this guy <laughs> six eight? This guy's huge. So and now in the Steelers uniform, he looks more like he got a uniform that was his size. Remember when like Albert Bell, the baseball player used yes. to wear, it was like, are you wearing a batting helmet or something that they scoop ice cream in for kids? Because <laughs> your hat doesn't fit. So, but I feel like he looks more like he's in. And so he's in his uniform more. He's in his body more. I'm like, would you ever think to run a jet sweep with Chase Claypool at Notre Dame? No way. You line him up on the outside, you throw it up and you're like, go beat the guy and you'll beat him. But he's running jet sweeps for touchdowns. He's, I mean, it's to me, it's amazing that a young dude can have that much of an impact. And I I don't know if you're seeing that more now or not. Yeah. Cause some of these guys come into the league and they're pro ready because they've played in pro-style offenses, because a lot of times they would play in the SEC. Let's say maybe you could even go back as recently as like Julio Jones. Like Alabama was not throwing the ball like they currently are. So you knew Julio was going to be good. You're like, is he? But, you know, then obviously it translates to the NFL. Now these guys at every level on every – it's not just gimmicky West Coast teams. It's everybody who's running pro-style offenses. So – they're a little bit more pro-ready. And the one thing that I love about the Steelers and how they're using him, now he's obviously great at running those nine routes, just running down the field, just run down the field. Ben Roethlisberger will get you the football. Right. But he leads the NFL in slant routes inside the 12-yard line. And that's really starting to take away from James Conner. So if you drafted James Conner this year and you're like, why isn't he scoring touchdowns? It's because Chase Claypool has sort of become a de facto Goal Red line. zone. I, yeah. I know this a, got too sporty for you, but I know, no, but I, I just no, want to no, no, no. Go deep, go deep. He's a goal line package guy. It's yeah. Like, and that's the, and that's the way that they use him. They run, you know, they'll run the screens for him as well. And that's another one, you know, they'll see, they'll do the screens where they just throw it to him. It's like, get in the end zone. You're right. Eight like yards a bubble away. screen, bubble like, screen, good blocking by the other wide out. Who's in front of you. Make yeah, a move. Schuster, Schuster Smith is you. a great block. He's a yeah. great blocker. Like he's the guy who will go and like headhunt Vontez. Perfect. <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah. for sure. hundred percent. Yeah. They're great. All those Steelers receivers are like that. And it goes back for years going back to like Heinz Ward and Santonio San Holmes, Plaxico Burris. 
Yeah. If the Steelers draft a wide receiver, let's just assume he's going to be very good. Tough too. Tough, Tough too, and does all the fundamental things right. And again, like Schuster Smith was a guy from USC, if correct me if I'm wrong, right? Yeah, for sure. And those guys don't play like USC isn't known as a particularly tough. I mean, they used to have like, you know, Ray Malu Maliuga. Like that was like yeah. they, they they did in Troy Palomalu. Those were tough Pal guys in yeah. deep but but those guys on defense, they were tough, but they weren't like they were more of a finesse team. Of course, so more like Robert West Woods. Coast, Robert yeah. Woods to pull a tough guy out of that thing is like to me, I think that that again shows you like, all right, there is a there is a quote unquote Steelers way. It's like the Cardinals way in baseball. Yeah, you know, there's a Steelers way and and it's it's they 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 pulled the right levers this year and they're 10 and 0. Yeah, I mean, and you're absolutely right. I mean, it's no coincidence that every year the Steelers are good. Even when they lost Ben Roethlisberger, they were 8-8 eight and eight last season. That was a pretty good football team that could have made the playoffs had a couple of breaks gone their way. And you talk about the Cardinals, you know, every year they're in the playoff hunt or they're very good and they're, yeah. you know, they're always going to be contending no matter what happens. No matter who they have. Things. That's yeah. that's right. Because they're good at scouting talent. They're good at playing for and, and picking for the team and what that team is going to be. Um, I want to talk about, speaking of the Cardinals, I want to talk about the Arizona Cardinals. I want to talk about two quarterbacks in this league, two young quarterbacks that are certainly ripping it up on the fantasy level. And I think are like the future of the league, Kyler Murray and, and Tua on the on the dolphins those two guys first of all they make it fun to watch those teams they can do things with yeah, like who gave a crap about miami i yeah. mean i there there were like huge swaths of miami that like was like do we even still have a football team like i they're like we don't know who cares less about our professional franchise uh d is it the the owner of the marlins or the owner of the dolphins yeah it seemed that way, you know, and Brian Flores kind of arrived there and changed everything last season, even though they weren't a spectacular team, you still felt like this was a team that was on the rise. Their defense was playing really well. And so you're like, okay, it'll be interesting to see what's happening. And it's funny because a lot of, a lot of people before the season started thought they should have tanked for Tua and then yeah. still ended up getting him. What was yeah. it? Overall. I think yeah. he drafted him in front of Justin Herbert. So that's going to be an interesting one to see play out right. over the years, but I really like the way that he plays the game and I'm a little, I'm not upset about it because the dolphins are definitely in the playoff chase. And if you think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to give you an opportunity to win a game, to get you into the playoffs, I understand making the switch. Right. But to me, the dolphins are a playoff contender. They're not a Super Bowl contender. You're no. not you're not competing with the Chiefs and you're not competing with the Steelers. You might right. beat the Ravens in the playoffs. You could possibly beat the Titans or somebody like that or the Colts. Right. right. Give Tua an opportunity to see if he could drive his team down the field. That could have been a make or break it moment. And I think that that's that's the first time that I've seen Brian Flores really make a misstep right. with him and in the development of that. I would have loved to have seen him get that opportunity. I feel like in the COVID you know, year that we're in as far as like this, this is the year that the whole league is quote unquote playing with house money and every sport yeah. is playing with house money because it's like, you know, 
again, we're Michigan fans and our football team is, you know, falling apart, but yeah. you know, there's a, but they, they switched quarterbacks in the second quarter and he put this, you know, red shirt freshman and the guy's slinging the ball over the, all over the place. He's Nevada state Gatorade player of the year, two years in a row has like the most yards ever passed in, in high school. And the guy just is like literally throwing it like a pro quarterback winging yeah. it around. And you say to yourself, Fuck it, man. Just put everybody in and let, cut him Go loose. Don't don't play to quote unquote win the game, so to speak, or manage the game in the at odds. Go with your youth and just kind of let it go. Because I think Tua eventually is the guy that's going. The, people are going to have Tua jerseys. Not going to have Ryan Fitzmagic's jersey out there. Yeah. So that's the guy that's going to put butts in the seats. And whether or not he he might do he might he'll do something exciting. But he's not gonna you know maybe he doesn't win you maybe he doesn't bring the drive down but he'll do something exciting. And I think Kyler Murray is the example for Tua. Oh, one hundred percent. I love watching him play, and he's he's so exciting. First of all, I'm an Angels fan, so I'm glad he's not playing for the Oakland A's. So I love yes, that part of it. That's right. Yes. And then, <laughs> but, you know, it, it's amazing how we've seen the quarterback position evolve, where everybody had to look like Troy Aikman back in the day, where they were 6'4", right. sturdy, going to stand in the pocket. And now as I'm watching guys like Phillip Rivers, like you're probably the last of a generation of the I can't move in the pocket type of players. I'm not able to run because the game is just evolving. Right. And Kyler has kind of taken that to another level and he's, he's running with efficiency. You know, you see Russell Wilson run and Russell yeah. Wilson runs to extend plays. Now he'll get down the field every once in a while, but Russell Wilson likes to goof around in the pocket, extend plays, allow his receivers to get open. Right. Kyler will just take off and run and be like, I'm going to get 20 yards. I'm going to score touchdowns. And it's mm -hmm. frustrating to people who are playing fantasy. If you have Kenyon Drake or even chase Edmonds, you're like, Hey, Kyler, like, let one of your running backs score a touchdown here or there. Because he's I, have Ken, like, hey, I have Kenyon Drake and he's just like, <laughs> I'm like, where'd you go for three weeks, bro? And it's like, well, he, you know, like you're saying, Kyler Murray sees a seam and he's got this video game level speed of like hyperspace that I've never seen before. Like I, yeah. Lamar Jackson is fast. Okay. He is like amazing and fast and slippery and incredible. And when he gets moving, he's amazing. Michael Vick was fast. Yeah. I've never seen this level of speed and burst it's, from quarterback ever. It is so crazy. It is. It's revolutionary. I mean, it really is. It reminds me of somebody who just passed away recently, Eddie Van Halen, obviously one of the greatest, maybe the greatest guitarist of all time, but he brought in synthesizers for the 1984 album, yep. which changed that genre of music where it's That's like, right. Oh, we're bringing in synthesizers or uh -huh. doing whatever. And yeah. you see bands like Depeche mode uh -huh. who were synthesizer bands. Now all of a sudden Martin Gore's out there playing his guitar and it just changed everything. The Beastie right. boys played instruments. It's just, yeah. it's that kind of revolution that we're seeing on an NFL level of a quarterback play of like, don't get your quarterback hit. Make sure you're protecting them and everything like that. It's like, no, nope, just let them go out there and make plays. Let's have some fun. Let's have some high scoring games. Well, well, well do you, do you think that the rules that are protecting quarterbacks in a way that were different than five years ago, 10 years ago, 15, like the, the targeting rules, all the things that can get guys kicked out of yeah, game. No, if you, you can't hit a quarterback like a half step after he throws the ball without getting a penalty. Yeah. You know so, what? I mean, but we want to see the quarterbacks. Do you want to go see? And I know that Joe Burrow was a different kind of circumstance, 
But if you think, do you want to see Ryan Finley throwing the football or do you no. want to see Joe Burrow? And I know it's frustrating and everybody wants to go to Twitter and they want to be upset and what happened to hitting in this game, mm-hmm. but they're also human beings. Right. We want to make sure that they have a, a healthy life after football. Mm-hmm. If you not being able to demolish a quarterback, okay, I'm sorry. I, I, I just want to enjoy football. I want to see these guys play and just, I, I, I'm probably the, I'm probably the softy who's like, yeah, yeah like no, I'm, you're not. I'm not, not bad. I'm not bad with it. I, I I think it's kind of a good thing. You're not. And I think COVID in a weird way is almost showing us the pathway to the future of how the NFL survives because of how violent the game has become and how strong and how fast and how the impact of these guys hitting each other and see, and what we know about CTE right now, basically COVID said, you want a football season? There can't be fans in the stands. You're not going to see yeah. packed stadiums. So deal with it. It's going to feel different. You're going to look at a replay and you're going to see no one in the stands, but I'll find something to love about it. And we're going to give it to you this year. It's either that or nothing. Yeah. And, and, you know, what's interesting is, you know, you talked about Justin Herbert. I feel like Justin Herbert is the new Philip rivers. He's Philip rivers and he can run and get out. Yeah. And he can do some other things, but he's like, in my opinion, I don't know if you put the measurables of those guys are probably around the same size. Yeah. They're big, big dudes. Yeah. Like big dudes. And in back in the day, when you would see a quarterback like that, who was that size, you would just assume they couldn't run. You'd be like, oh, okay, he's a statue in the pocket. Right. Right. You would see guys every once in a while, like Steve Young. You're like, okay, yeah, that's a great athlete. But now they're all like that. They can all move. They can all go out there and deliver blows. And we've seen Justin Herbert take some hits. The one thing about him being the the new Philip Rivers, though, is what I don't want is don't let him keep losing all these games because he yeah. just won his second, his first or second game as a second. starter. Yeah. We can't have that. Like right. I thought last week when he shaved his head, yeah, I thought that was a Britney Spears moment, like a cry for help. Like, don't right. let me lose all these games. Like he was sending a message. We're used to this in Hollywood. We, I mean, we see this all the time. That was Herbert saying, guys, I need some help here. And they responded. So actually it kind of worked. Dude, if he shows up with his child on his lap without a car seat <laughs> driving around town, then walks then into the restroom barefooted. Like yeah, any then of we're that screwed. Stuff. Then we are screwed. <laughs> uh, awesome. I think, but I think the guys, you know, the crazy thing. And again, I don't know if it's just that the COVID thing, we should just appreciate that we have football. You know, you talk about the dolphins kind of making a little bit of a misstep, but guess what? Dolphin fans, you still have Tua. you know, you talk about even, even Tampa Bay losing yesterday, even Aaron, you know, Green Bay losing to the Colts. Yeah. There is this level uh, you can get. There are so many teams that are excited, uh, cities excited about their team right now. Like Cleveland may be the worst seven and three team I've ever seen. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like they're fine. I think they're, they're good. They're okay. But they're also in the division with the Steelers. They'll never, they're not going to be better than the Steelers. So But there is excitement in Cleveland. You don't have a, 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 you don't, you're not like four and 12. You're just throwing an 0 and 16 parade. (laughs) Right. Think about how far removed are we from the 0 and 16 parade? A couple of years? Not like, yeah, it's not long. And it's so crazy too, where people are, they're dragging Baker Mayfield and talking S about him. Oh, and I've heard you guys cuss. They're talking shit on Baker. Yeah. And you're like, hey, they're they've won seven games, everybody. Right. Like, calm down. Like, this is like I one of the things too is that Kevin Stefanski has just been so efficient, has designed a really nice offense. And I think right. they've done a really 
good job of, of putting this together. We always had to have these conversations when before Odell Beckham Jr. went down. Right. To where when we were talking about him in fantasy, in fantasy mm-hmm. terms. Right. That Odell is not a bad player. He's really good. We're just saying the situation, fantasy-wise, might not lead it, lead him to having a lot of points. I always had to make that declaration. Yeah. I always wanted to make sure because I love OBJ. Yes, me too. And me too. And I think he's he's a good guy. Yeah. You and I, we we, we all know who's not the good guy, and we won't bring right. his name up. Yeah. F that guy. F that yeah. guy. Yeah. So yeah. I'm F so glad guy. his team's losing. But yeah. I I always had to have come out and be like, hey. We like him. Like he's a good player. That's right. He's probably not going to score you 20 fantasy points and always had to have that conversation. It's but so I think fun. it lends itself to how well they've constructed that team. And that offense might not be winning. Unless you have Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt, then you might be. But right. it's not a great fantasy team, but it's a it's a it's a good team. And I get your point. Like they're not they're not going to be knocking off the Steelers to go to the Super Bowl, but they're good. They're gonna make the playoffs, which for Cleveland. That's pretty okay. good. So, so everyone in the end, so here, who is, who's excited. If you're, if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan, you're excited. If you're excited. an LA, if you're an LA Rams fan, you're excited. I definitely, got, even though you lost. So if you're an LA Rams fan, you're excited. Denver has met, had some wins this year. Not that you're that excited, but you don't hate your team in Denver. Right. You know, Kansas city. You're so excited. You're like, we're going to win it all oh, again yeah. this year. The Steelers are like, hold on. We're going to win it all this year. Yeah. Bay. Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay, Cleveland, uh, Taysom Hill comes in and, and you're a Saints fan and you're like, we've got a shot. There are, so, I'm saying, so then you take and even Arizona, Kyler Murray, we're excited about our team, you know, and, and there's two excitement in Miami. The only teams that are not excited that suck are the Jets and the Giants and Philadelphia, even they're, they're winning the league. I would even say Dallas, you could be like, hey, if everybody didn't go down, you have an yeah. excuse. You're like, if everybody didn't go down, look at our receivers. Look at who CD Lamb oh, yeah. became. You know what I mean? Like that's I have Amari Cooper and I'm like, oh. God damn it, CD Lamb! You're you're so good. You're taking everything. <laughs> See, there's away. a lot of great young receivers. CD Lamb, Jerry Judy, like there's a lot of young guys we in the about league. Claypool, yeah, yeah, Claypool. So I mean, I'm just saying that there's a lot of excitement around the league, except in the NFC East. Okay, right. if you're, the NFC East sucks. Like to me, this this is how dumb of a fantasy guy I am. So I knew that I have Josh Allen, who's amazing and he's my starting quarterback and he's fantastic. Like it could be the third quarter and he's got nine points. And then out of nowhere, he catches a touchdown. <laughs> he runs for a touchdown. He throws dude, like the guy's unbelievable. And he winds up with 26 to 35 points every single time. And I'm like, I'm like, why the, the, the way people draft in fantasy where it's like, get three running backs, like get yeah. a running back three option. You can get a quarterback in the fourth or fifth round. I'm like, Every week I'm holding on to my quarterback scoring the points that I need to win the thing. It just it boggles the mind that we value it so small in comparison to what, you know, what it actually does for you every week. Yeah, yeah no, that was the mistake. Literally the mistake I made this year in my fantasy league. I waited too long to get a quarterback and all that was left was Drew Brees and Joe Burrow. As far as I was concerned, those are the best options. And I was not good this year. I, I was three and six. You know, coming into this week, so, and so I get Josh Rogers, and now I'm one. So Josh Allen, so Josh Allen's great, but I of course made this mistake, and this is the dumbest thing: is that I knew Josh Allen didn't have a game this week. I had Joe Burrow as my backup. I'm like, do I start Joe Burrow? Let me see what's out there. 
Alex Smith is out there. I'm in a, oh, four, yeah. I'm in a 14 team league and Alex Smith is out there and he throws for f- nearly 400 yards the week before. I'm like, let me play this guy. What does Washington have to lose? Like if they're slinging the ball around like that, they're going to sling it around this week and they're playing the Bengals. The Bengals suck. I'm like, yeah. Oh my God, this is, if ever you're going to, go out and get Alex Smith and start him on a week where your starting quarterback's not going to be there. I made that mistake and he gets 11 points now or not 10 points, whatever it was. He screwed me like so hard. Oh, it was awful. Him. I was in on that too. And we, they had so many players that you wanted to play that week with uh, obviously Terry McLaurin starts every week, but Antonio Gibson, JD McKissick, even Logan Thomas had been coming on. You're like, yeah, we love this matchup. And I knew as I was starting Alex Smith, I'm like, I just know he's going to screw us. Because this always happens. He did he's, it. He he's did that. It. He's that guy. You know, it's your friend. And, you know, we all have a friend who's like that, who never shows up for stuff. Right. And then he does. And he shows up for a couple of weeks. You're like, oh, this is cool. And he's like, dude, let's go play golf on Friday. And you're like, great. And then you get sucked in. And then Friday, you're on the first tee. You get a text like, bro, I'm not making it. Like, not of making course. it. Of course. Every time. Every time with this guy. Why like, did I do this to myself? He's like, bro, I feel like it's going to rain. My leg is telling me. I don't want to hear about your leg anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Alex. <laughs> um, so, all right. Your biggest fantasy surprises this year that you're like, I can't believe this guy is kicking so much ass. You know what? I am surprised that Dalvin Cook has been as great as he has because he's always been somebody who's been super talented. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy and he's missed only one game this year, which has been great. And I, I just avoided him because I thought the injury concerns were too much. I'm like, "Ah, I don't want to go like it's, I'm worried that he's not going to be able to stay healthy. And yet he stayed healthy and he's probably winning you a league, especially where you drafted him. Cause those first four guys who are going off the board, Alvin Kamara, CMC, Ezekiel Elliott and Barkley, only Alvin Kamara has been the one who's been a stud throughout that whole time. And then here's Dalvin cook who, had injury concerns, at least for me. And all of a sudden he's the guy who's leading everybody. And you're like, okay, this makes sense. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's so interesting because like you're seeing guys like value pickups, like a, like a Jonathan Taylor, who, you know, in being big 10 guys, seeing him in Wisconsin and being like, this kid's unbelievable. Whoever is going to luck out and get him in the second round, which the Colts, I think they got him in the second or even the third round. I'm like, you guys just got one of the greatest, and he's been fan. I think he's been great. I think he's one of the reasons the Colts are good. Yeah, for sure. You know what? Yeah. And it's uh, fantasy wise too. He's been frustrating because some weeks Naheem Hines will come in there. Jordan Wilkins had a week. Yeah. But Hines, you look at that. Hines will get that, the touchdown carries. Yeah. yeah. But the Colts have just put together a good team. You know, the way they've constructed that ball club through the offensive line and the defensive studs that they just continue to grab. They got Darius Leonard a couple of years ago and that guy was great. Yeah. And the Utah kid that they picked up, forgive me, his name escapes me, but he's yeah. been playing fantastic too. That Utah team, by the way, had him and Jalen Johnson, who's been crushing it for the Bears. It's like, yeah, yep. Whittingham is really dropping the ball there. Like they mm-hmm. should be a lot better. Like, why do you keep losing these close games? Actually, I don't think they get the quarterbacks that they, they should. They, they don't, they don't have the quarterback and they don't have the running. So like, if you're so if you're the Bears, do you draft a quarterback this you have to. You yeah, have to. I, I like the BYU guy. I think yeah. that would be a fun play. Yeah. You're too good. 
Like that's when you talk about teams, like people who hate their team, yeah. I think the bears are in that mix of like, we've won too many games to tank for Trevor. Right. We're not really a contender, but feels like we could be because everything is so close. Could it, you know, they rally to tie the saints and to take that game into overtime. Right. Could have won last week before the bye. You're like, yeah. eat the Buccaneers. Yeah. Like, God, like it's close. And they, they got the Packers this week. So that'll hopefully like, that'll just, that'll extinguish all hope unless they go out there and somehow inexplicably win that game. Then I'm back. It's then just you're that. back. This is sports. This is what sports does to us. All right. I'm going I'm to ask you one last question before we go to quick hits. I want to hear like from your, your advice to fantasy uh, owners right now who are in the thick of it, like as they head into the home stretch and start to head towards the playoffs of their leagues, like any sort of like, I don't want to say tricks, but like anything that you say, Hey, this will give you an edge. Give us some, a little piece of advice that we can share. Well, I think at some point, you know, who your starters are and you know who the guys are that you're relying on. And so you have that base, start looking ahead to the playoff schedule it's not it's not too early to do that and kind of start looking at the matchups and see, hey, does my quarterback have a tough matchup in week 15? Who could I possibly stream instead? Now, there's some guys it doesn't matter, like right. Russell Wilson. I don't care who he's playing against. Justin yeah. Herbert now. I don't care who he's playing against. We're starting yeah. those. Yeah. But if you've been streaming a quarterback for the last couple of weeks, if you went with like Randy and I did with uh, with uh, Alex, Alex Smith, Smith. you yeah. know, like. Start to plan that kind of stuff out and realize, you, like I have Duke John, like I'm never playing Duke Johnson. I can let him go. Yeah. If I need a quarterback who's got a good matchup in week 15, because I don't like, I don't like, I don't even know who you would say. Like if, I, if you're starting Carson Wentz or whoever, that's a terrible right. example. But you yes, know, but still, but yeah. Start to look for it. And if you have, if you have the ability to still make trades, which I have one league that's still like that. And it's the league where I have Herbert yeah. and Aaron Rodgers. And somebody just lost Joe Burrow, who is his quarterback. And now you I've got Rodgers. I'm, like, I'm trying to get DK Metcalf from him. I might have oh, to settle for Chase Claypool, which is fine. We're fine. Uh, That's not him. a big settle. That's not it's a big a great, settle. He's, but, a, he's a 15, 20 point guy every week almost now. But you have, yeah. And you have those positions that if you've been holding out this long, because, hey, you know, especially in a COVID season, you right. want to make sure that you're insulated and have quality backups, probably for the first time ever, where you were carrying a backup tight end, making sure you had a backup quarterback. Now you can start to look ahead and be like, you got to make, if you have a, a troubled spot in your area, and I have a, a wide receiver spot that I need to fix, like, well, that's where I use Rogers now is leverage to go through and just starting to starting to round out your playoff roster. You hear that in baseball too, where, where managers will start setting up their pitching rotation. And like, we don't want this guy to pitch in this spot. So we'll start, you know, we'll start setting things in motion. And so that's pretty much what you want to do right now with your fantasy. It's a great analogy. I mean, look, I got Tyler Higby. The one week I sat Tyler Higby, he had 29 points. Is it last question before we go to break? But uh, do you are people like, how come Adam Rank isn't winning every year? And you're like, because you just there are too many variables. You know what I mean? It's too volatile. And I always have to play with my cards face up. Right. My friend, I have a friend who watches the fantasy live show every day. I can never pick up waiver wire guys because I'm talking about him on the show and he's and watching. He's already, it. God damn it. If, so this if, is what, if this his, is team, my, if his oh, team and my team were combined, I would be winning the league in a laugher because there's one league where my friends don't watch my show and I win it every year. So. <laughs> 
this is why I can't beat my six-year-old in gin. I'm teaching her the <laughs> game and we're doing it face up. And she always goes, oh, why don't you take that one and throw it in? I'm like, God, why? <laughs> All right, uh, let's take let's take a break. Adam Rank is with us. Uh, just fantastic conversation. I, I love it. As, as fantasy guys ourselves, it's just uh, we, we love getting into it, chop it up with him. We had some great quick hits on the other side of the break. This is View from the Cheap Seats. Don't go anywhere. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. We got Adam Rank with us. Uh, Adam, tell them your socials so people know how to follow you and uh, and tell them when your show's on so people can watch you on the NFL Network. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Adam Rank. Unfortunately, I didn't get that handle on Instagram. I had to go Adam Rank NFL. And the person who has Adam Rank, that's not even his name. It's Adam Rankin. I'm like, dude, what, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, I'll buy it off you. Like, please, yeah. just let me have it. I don't know. I'll give you. I'll give you Aaron Rodgers for it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, tr- I'll make that trade. So you can find that, and uh, also on the NFL Network, NFL Fantasy Live, five days a week. Typically at 6 p.m. Eastern, except for on on Thursdays because of the Thursday night game. Obviously, it won't be on Saturday. You week. do Good Morning Football. Good Morning Football weekend. If you watch me once, watch me on GMFB weekend because growing up. I love comedy. Yeah. I love sports. Yeah. I think my time is running out to be on Saturday Night Live, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to come to grips with that. But yeah, yeah, the good do. part is, is I get to do these kind of sketches on Good Morning Football Weekend. They give me four minutes to go make a fool of myself. So I love that. That's a lot of fun. So I enjoy that. So that's me perfect. There. Yeah, we'll check you out there. All right, so let's get into some quick hits. Jay? All right, not sure if you're up on this, but a Russian soccer star, Diz Yuba. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Was kicked off the Russian national soccer team when a video of him masturbating leaked out. I don't, that's I don't know if you want the word leaked, leaked out. out. That's, just, uh, that's a little man. poor choice of words right there. Poor choice. But he got sacked for a little self-love, which <laughs> that's not against the law, right? Well, I don't no. know why you're recording that. I don't know if that's some sort of thing like you're, where you're recording your golf swing, where you want to okay, go back so, and watch it later. So, say, hey, I, you know, we'll work on some <laughs> techniques. Maybe I need to move my left hand. Yeah, you're, I'm you're, dropping I mean, my left hand as I'm coming through here, so I, I want to fix May, that. I have to work on my grip. You, you, <laughs> you're working on your stroke either way. I mean, it's like the yeah. Who is filming that, and why is he filming that? And did he put it on? Did he do it on time lapse? It's like the guy who went into the the lake to save his puppy from being eaten by the alligator. That old guy who had a cigar. I don't know that video's, video's been going around this week. And the right. whole thing is he didn't drop his cigar. He yeah. didn't drop his cigar. He had, I'm like, he also apparently filmed himself going in and doing this and set up a perfect shot. Or How who, does that happen? Uh, how does it happen? I was like, that's That great. seems a little staged. Was he okay. throwing? Did we miss the part where he threw the puppy in the water? Yeah, <laughs> threw it at his own pet alligator. It's like, bro, relax. Bro. Uh, so a Russian Instagram model this week, translation prostitute. Thank you. Uh, came to his defense on Instagram by stripping naked, doing what the only thing she could do, which was strip naked. And she offered to do that, uh, if he got reinstated. So I think, but she already stripped naked to try and get him reinstated. To me, she should have like 
said, here's a photo of me almost naked. I'll right. go all the way if you reinstate this guy. She also offered Pittman Jr. Is that weird? That I know he's been doing well. So No, that's a, that's a huge. That, that would have been pit. over the top. You're like, that's yeah. over the top. And she's like, look, I know you need a wide receiver three. And so she, it works out. And another tough guy from USC. <laughs> USC, you know, like this that's is all we're all we're, we're just doing all coming together. Now. It's all coming together. Uh, all right. Let's go to the next story. Uh, Lou Holtz. Oh, Lou. Oh, oh Lou Holtz. You Lou Holtz. You hate to see it happen to anyone, but including Lou Holtz, but got to say, not surprised that the 83-year-old has tested positive for COVID-19. Yep. Lou Holtz, Uh, you're you're three steps away from being Rudy Giuliani. So here's the deal. Yeah, maybe his hair dye is going to start. I was just going to say. (laughs) I'm I'm sure he still uses a handkerchief. But my thing is this, Lou, like, again, let me say this so that nobody comes at us at all. I want from the bottom of my heart for him to make a full recovery and, and yes. I don't want this to impede his life even in the slightest, okay? I need to say that out of, my, out of my mouth. But you can't go like start supporting the Trump campaign and go out there and say protesters, including some of his ex-players, like he lost a lot of respect from right. tons of players. You can't be a coach of players like that. We saw what happened to Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy, and you're yeah. like, dude, you gotta check the... T- Lick your finger and stick it up in the air, man. You're you're going against the wind, to quote Bob Seger on this one. Yeah, and it's unfortunate to see like a bunch of coaches that you've respected or watched or admired over the years, and now you you see certain players, and you know, like I was thinking of a former player. I don't want to call out who it is because I don't I don't I cannot say for sure. And he, I was a huge fan of him as a player, and I just saw his Twitter avatar. Pull up, pop up, and I'm like, oh, God, I probably know who he voted for. And then it just kind of taints it. You know, you're just kind of like, oh, this isn't I don't want to. I, I guess maybe it's better to know than to not know or something like that. But at some point, like Lou Holtz, like also I like, how you I don't know how these coaches aren't more. How they don't have their pulse like you, you, you're closer to the action than us. Like we right. live in suburbs right. and stuff. That's right. Like, right. I, I live. I don't even want to say where I live, but yeah, <laughs> okay, I do. I live in Huffington Beach. I live in the right. dumbest city of America. So I yeah. guess what I do. there are people walking out in the streets to protest a 10 p.m. curfew? Dummies! This yeah. is not to try and ruin your life, you fucking idiots. This can is you not. Can you not black it. out at 9 p.m.? Like <laughs> it's a bunch of burnouts from, and they're all you know. And the whole thing is like they're always up in arms about the homeless situation. Like it's we should. We should ship them off somewhere else. And I'm like, so you say the government should be able to tell them where to live, but not yeah. you. Yeah. You can't you can't go into hurricanes at 10 o'clock and now all of a sudden that's an infringement on your rights. But we want to meddle into everything else. And uh, it's it's insane. And it's also and it's all they're also the same people. Like whenever when there were Black Lives Matters protests. Yeah. What is the one argument they always say? Well, if you would just follow the rules. Everything would be fine. Now you're protesting against the rules. Like you're not even consistent. That is, that is, it's maddening. And, you know, it is like, again, if you want to take a page out of the NBA's book, I have to say the NBA for all they did in the bubble, I really love kind of the way they approached 
everything and allowed their players to kind of speak out and do their thing. And I hope that I hope that galvanizes everywhere. I really do. I hope like every league kind of falls in line. The NBA is smaller and it's a little more nimble and and whatever. But like, I really hope that all the other leagues follow suit and sort of do that. And I know you do too. All right. So oh, the, and uh, by the way, I will shout out the NFL for a little bit too, because yeah. you know, for being in that league and we talked about how conservative it can be like dealing yeah. with lawyers, like for the NFL to come out and do what they did this year, you know, and coach or coach commissioner Roger Goodell came out and said, black lives matter and giving players more of a platform, which I, even four years ago, even two years ago, I didn't think we were ever going to be in a spot like that. And I know that we still have a long way to go. But to see the NFL make that step was encouraging to me. I definitely helps. think it was. And I definitely think that's pulled along by some of the other leagues. And I think like saying, OK, we can do that and reading the tea leaves. And like Jay said, slicking your finger and sticking it up in the air and saying maybe, you know, what I would love to see is I would love to see the league if he can't play anymore. And I'm not convinced that that's the truth, but allow Colin Kaepernick to be kind of for the league the spearhead of that like there's an NBA yeah. cares and I'm sure there's an NFL cares but like a on all social issues of that sort allow this guy to be the, an ambassador for that to and and get a job that I feel like would be a big a big step forward as well 100% I agree all right so as we were saying before the Browns are good um I think they're good <laughs> but uh the Nick Chubb so this is the, Ni- the Nick Chubb and again as a fantasy guy this, I have him and I played him and I'm like what you're going out 59 yards and okay they're it at this point they're up 10-7 yeah no barn burner so if he gets in the end zone there's no it doesn't matter you're now up 16 to 7 and if you kick an extra point it's 17 to 7 there's no way they're coming back why did Nick Chubb go out about it? Can you please just explain that to me? And then we're going to get into what Charles Barkley said about it. Well, it's sort of a smart play. Although I will say this, like Nick Chubb did that and everybody celebrates him. Like, oh, that was such a smart football play. Daniel Jones did that a couple of weeks ago against the Eagles and got lampooned. Oh, wait, no, wait. Daniel yeah. Jones didn't mean, he didn't mean to do that. Sorry. sorry. Yeah, no, he, he different, that was a different, that was different a different, different I think that was against, yeah, was that the Eagles or the Cowboys? He went face first. It was against the, yeah, it was against the Eagles. Eagles he, did, yeah. he did do the face plant. But yeah. the one thing that I will say, like it is, I understand it because mathematically, he could have scored a touchdown. They could have had the extra point blocked had the Texans return it for two points. Right. And then been, like, it's mathematically possible. Yes, I understand. The, my biggest issue with the whole thing, and it, it's a smart play, and I understand. You want to keep the ball. You don't want to turn it back over. That's Why right. are you running out of bounds? You had to have an extra snap. You should have ran to the middle of the field. And fallen and down. fallen down right That's there. Right. Just curled up. Although you don't want to do the Todd Gurley where you got too close and accidentally scored. All in, yeah. Oh, but, yeah. At the five. Fall down at the five. Well, we needed the three extra decimal points of fantasy production so <laughs> i will give him that we lost out on six but he did give us you know an extra half you know half point there by going sure. all the way to the one i i love it is crazy so but then of course charles, charles sir charles sir charles gets on on to a radio show and is like if anybody sees nick chubb please punch him in the face and i was like that is Charles, I know Charles likes to talk about fighting all the time, and yet Shaq like constantly puts him in his place. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, it's funny too. Like Charles Barkley, it seems weird that you would call out somebody who is making a a team first decision. Smart play, yeah. Considering you know, like you know, Jordan has six rings. You kind of not have as many. <laughs> 
at all. <laughs> so maybe you're not the best person. Like if, like even even selfish Michael Jordan would have um, would have probably gone out of bounds if he could have at that point. I mean, are you excited that Michael Jordan and LeVar Ball get to like cancel each other out now that and for like a long period of time? Like, I, I, they should be playing one on one every day. And I would love to see them like beat each other. Like, I would love to see Michael Jordan lose to LeVar Ball because he's like drunk or he's, you know, like bloodshot from drinking too much whiskey the night before. And it's like his eyes were so red during that documentary. I'm like, are you staying oh up gosh. all night and editing this? What is going on, <laughs> dude? Uh, it's interesting because I, I saw, you know, I sat and watched last night, the other night. I, I can't believe I sat and watched this, but I loved it so much. And I know you'll appreciate it too. Uh, Harry, the, the Major League Bay MLB Network did. And, and I will say this, you know, I think MLB Net, NBA TV and NFL Network, that is where I go to get all my information. Like ESPN has squandered it because like NFL Network will have a guy like you on and MLB Net will do these crazy fun shows like Bob. I knew it was done in quarantine. It was done like recently. Bob Costas and Tom Verducci are in like little squares and they recount the life of Harry Carey. Yeah. And the old footage and the footage of him singing and the footage of him just talking like there was such a a and i know because you i'm sure you watched him growing up and whatnot but there is just or if you're a fan of his like that we like we did even in st louis watch wgn there yeah. was just like a real there was a realness to an authentic you know an authentic hundred percent nature to him that was just so goddamn beautiful yeah he, he was awesome like he was you know uh my dad or my parents i should say we're they're cubs people you know, right. and I, I grew up predominantly out here in Southern California. Right. So I was not allowed to root. It didn't matter. I grew up closer to Anaheim than to Los yeah. Angeles anyways. Yeah. So, but my parents were like, you're not rooting for the Dodgers. Like mm -hmm. you're, we'll, we'll allow the angels as our American league team. And eventually right. my parents just came around and just root for the angels, rooted for the angels anyway. So, uh, but yeah, but, but obviously Harry Carey, WGN, like as a kid running home, they played day games that were perfectly so timed school. for me getting out of school. And so same, it was the best. <clears throat> and it just was, it was beautiful. I mean, Barkley is kind of that he's, he is as authentic as it gets. I mean, he yeah. tells you exact. And I think that's why people love him. And that's why people love, you know, NBA on TNT is that there is just this, he's going to say someone go punch Nick Chubb in the face. And I'm like, Ooh, Barkley's gambling too much. He's gambling too much. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he must have yeah, the part of Yeah, that's the part of it. <laughs> he must have lost a, a lot, lot of money. A lot yes. on that. You um, know what I mean? He had the points. He had like, I don't know what the he spread, had the spread was. Well, I, mean, I think the spread was four and a half points or whatever it was. But like he had the points. Nick Chubb's running towards the end zone. And then he goes out of bounds. Like that is so frustrating. And that is great. It's like, it's where you're like, Play fantasy. <laughs> yeah, don't bet. That's, don't bet. Play fantasy. It's a lot you more can fun. Live, you can live to fight another day. It is. Yeah, I would say that fantasy is more like if you're in Vegas, instead of sitting down at a blackjack table and losing your money in 10 minutes, fantasy is like poker where you can sit there for a couple of hours. That's right. And kind of stretch it out. Stretch out your misery. But, you know, if you can sit there. I used to go to, like, the Imperial Palace Mm -hmm. And just sit because, you know, they're a bunch like if you're playing poker at the Imperial Palace, you're not good anyway. So <laughs> it's just a bunch of dudes hanging out. And I remember like, I don't know what the poker pit boss would be called, 
But yeah. this used to roll up with shots of Jägermeister and like, let's get this party started. I'm like, oh, yeah. this is <laughs> and you would always, I would always find the one guy who seemed like he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And then if he was betting, I was not betting. That's if right. He wasn't betting that I was in. I'm just kind of just his his tell was that he's participating. Yes, <laughs> that was what it was. Hilarious. Uh, that you know that is it's great. I mean, it, I will say this about how fantasy has kind of changed the way people have watched. Like you said, it, I'm not interested in a Jags a Jags Titans matchup or even like a Jags like Miami match. I mean, I, who cares? But. You kind of are if you've got uh, players in the game. And then there's like a management aspect, like you said, is you're managing your team towards the playoffs or, you know, you're a a, a couple of new. It's a new way to conceptualize the league. And it almost turns regular people into people who study the league. So it's better for the NFL. The NFL, I'm sure, is way behind it and it builds star power, too. All right. My last question for you, because I know this means a lot to you, your Chicago Bears. Theo Epstein steps down from the Cubs and there was some talk that he could, that people were saying like, dude, just become the the Bears general manager and make them good. Like, you know what you're doing in a sports world. You know what you're doing in Chicago. Bring this, bring, you know, the Lombardi trophy back to Chicago. So what do you, what do you, what do you, what say you to that? Love it. Let's do it right now. I, I, you know, when they were talking about his next challenge, and moving on, and a lot of people speculated about maybe he's going to be an owner of a team. I immediately jumped to football and thought like that. That'd be such the natural progression. I know the Browns have tried it as well. And I think there's something to be said about the way you construct a team and the pieces that go into it. He doesn't need to go out there and scout the players himself. Right. But he knows how to build franchises and build winners. And if you think about winning World Series with the Red Sox and the Cubs, which in our lifetime seemed like an impossibility. Right. We never thought we'd see. Never. I think that his next challenge is the Bears. going to the NFL. And I think that the Bears might have an opening, even though people are saying that Ryan Pace will probably be extended or given another opportunity. I would want to go with Theo. I, I think it would be fun. And it's one of those, like, what do we got to lose? Like, we haven't won a Super Bowl since 85. Let's make it happen. Let's see what happens. You know, it'll either. I'm going to play this out further. So if he if he brings the it brings the Bears back to prominence, gets them a quarterback, they finally get it all together and they put it all together. And let's say they win in 2025, which you okay. would you would appreciate. That's now. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. 40 years after the the 85 Bears. Okay, so they win in 2025. I feel like at that point he could retire from the Bears become the governor of the state of Illinois. Oh, yeah. And then eventually become the president of the United States and be the first Jewish president of the United States. Yes! Right? 100%. That's exactly. My mind was thinking I was with you. That's the trajectory. Like, who would vote against him? Like, what would be... There's nothing you can say. Like, got Boston. He's got Chicago. You know, I mean, two states that are already Democratic. I know. Whatever. All right. Well, then fine. fine. Why don't you move down? Why don't you take over the Texans then? Yes. (laughs) Win a Super Bowl at the Houston Texans. (laughs) Turn it blue. Then we make it blue. Texas blue. Or Dallas, for that matter. Oh my gosh. America's team. America's team. America first. Adam Rank, dude, you're the best, and I'm so happy you did this with us. We we thank you so much for your awesome knowledge. And, and just again, your analysis of this is exactly what we want. And I can't wait to watch you uh, on uh, Saturday mornings on Good Morning Football and uh, and just checking it out. 
Thank you so much. No, I appreciate being on and I appreciate uh, the opportunity, you know, like this is cool. Like we're, you know, we're friends now and everything. And I remember when you guys first came to the NFL network, I was so excited because obviously I watched the cheap sheets and uh, I've been a fan of your comedy too. Like that's been, I've seen. Yeah, no, you're a stand up guy. You do. You've done stand up. I've so. done stand up, you know, I'm okay, but not to your level, but it's also like, I'm, I'm LeVar ball. Like I played pickup, <laughs> you know, like, okay. <laughs> You talk but, uh, a lot of smack. You're sending a kid to Europe to do comedy. Exactly. That's what I did. Right. My son's my son's in Australia right now doing yeah, stand-up. He's so in the Melbourne scene. comedy that's circuit. Comedic lounge down there. I gotta say, it's a good it's a smart idea. Um, <laughs> I love it. All right, well, let's take a break. And when we come back, uh, a very, very scary conversation with Rudy Giuliani. On the <laughs> other side of this break, this is View from the Cheap Seeds. Don't go anywhere. There you go, Adam Rank, unbelievable. Love that dude. Follow him, uh, watch him, and 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 derive from him whatever you need from a fantasy perspective. Uh, consume all the things that he does. And before we go, um, we didn't even tease this, but uh, Rudy, Rudy Giuliani has had probably one of the worst runs in his like every ounce of goodwill that he collected from being the country's mayor, <laughs> the United States mayor in, in 2001 post nine 11 is completely gone. He is melting down. He is melting down and his hair dies just coming down the side of his face. We had a conversation with him before his hair dye had fallen into his face. And so I guess you could say this is a much higher point than where he's at right now. The conversation we had with him was the glory days, the salad days of the good old days of current Giuliani, uh, still batshit crazy. And here's that conversation right now. You know, it's always a mixed bag when we have this guy on, but I, I am curious to hear what what he has to say. It's uh, been a rough couple of weeks for him in court at the uh, he went back to court and it was almost like an athlete who hasn't been on the field in a long time. He was a little out of shape, rusty for sure. But he's uh, the former mayor of New York, Rudy Rudolph Giuliani. Rudy, welcome to the show. How are you doing, sir? Did I mishear you or did you say lusty? I, we said rusty, rusty, not lusty. Rusty. rusty. Okay. Rusty. Well, I'm just making sure. There's been a lot of accusations uh -huh. about my carnal interest lately because of this bore thing. Yeah, but yeah. hey, guys, it's wonderful to talk to you. <laughs> okay. All right. Calm okay. down. You had a <laughs> run. No, <laughs> no ahead, one made Jay. a joke. No one made a joke. So oh. you've taken over the uh the camp the the election contesting uh duties, legal the legal, legal battles battle. for Donald Trump, and you were in court and you had a you know, this was a fumble, essentially, if this were a football game. You didn't you didn't understand the word opacity. Oh, OK, first of all, first of all, OK, listen, you want to talk about uh, taking over. I've been in charge the entire time. OK, okay? yeah. If you remember, if you remember the press conference that I held yes. uh, last week at the Four Seasons um, landscaping, yes. which was next Total to a landscaping. Adult, uh, yeah, it was next to a, uh, you know, adult that, bookstore. Listen, there was a lot of disparaging remarks made uh -huh. about that location. Uh -huh. But I can tell you, uh, you know, my my son, who has worked in the movie industry for, for many years, uh -huh. he said, Dad, that was a great location scout you did. Okay. It was beautiful. <laughs> it represented the city of Philadelphia very well. Okay. It wasn't some highfalutin hotel. Uh -huh. So we actually we actually enjoyed that. Uh, Good it was quite a purposeful purposeful location. And, and the aftermath, we, we did visit some of the nearby okay. uh, shops. And they okay. were lovely. Right. Yeah. That is an adult okay. bookstore so, and a crematorium. I don't know what nearby shops you visited, but fine. Uh, 
I go there for the articles. Okay. okay. Listen, right. here is here is what I want to tell you. Mm -hmm. My appearance in court yesterday uh -huh. to represent Donald J. Trump uh -huh. versus the state of Pennsylvania, yeah. which, by the way, is looking more like Transylvania because okay. they're sucking the votes out of Republican voters. It's like not. What? It's That's not. There's, there's no, no proof of that. that. It's a travesty of justice. Mm -hmm. And I do understand what the word opacity means. It's the same as veracity, no. which is truthfulness, and there's none no. of it in that in no. the Keystone State. No, I'm here to tell you. It, have you guys been to Pennsylvania recently? Yes, we have. We have. We've definitely. The Amish have been totally disenfranchised. No, they don't have phones. They don't have cars. They don't have anything. They of course, choose not how to was have that those. fair? How was that fair? They choose not to. Now, have now, apparently, you're in addition. Choice. In addition to uh, heading up the legal team of Donald J. Trump in this, basically, you're. It's it's a hail mary of all hail mary. You're throwing it from the from essentially the locker room this past right here. But you're also bringing a suit against the makers and the filmmakers of the movie, Rudy, for not including enough details about your life. How, how are you attempting to win this case? Well, here's the thing. I was talking to my good friend, uh, an attorney named Robert Shapiro, uh -huh. whose name you might recognize. Sure. Uh, he was involved in the deception uh, case, yeah. and he now runs uh, LegalZoom, which is a, a terrific organization. Okay. I can't recommend it enough. Right. Um, we're using it actually in Trump campaign. Okay. Now, in terms of the movie Rudy, you're absolutely correct. Again, here we're looking at a movie that was entirely predicated, okay, uh -huh. predicated on the su supposition that I played football at the university of notre dame right i never stepped foot on the field yeah, no it's yet they titled the movie with my name no. and they claimed that i was well if i did step foot on the field i would have been a much better player i'm a terrific athlete okay. trust me they, you, they, you can talk to joe tory yeah he gave me a tryout he did okay he gave That's you true. a he gave you a ring don't, don't you have a world series ring from him or some i do and you wear it I on do. you wear it on your pinky like you're a mob boss well, okay, listen, that's a lot of symbolism. You want to read into symbolism? Didn't you try to get rid of the mob? You tried to get rid of the You 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 tried to get listen, rid of the mob. There are times in your life, okay, and whether it's not like, listen, are there comedians that you guys don't care for? People that may be your enemies, quote unquote? Yeah, I'm, we're not enemies, but there's some comedians we don't like. Sure. Sure, sure. And if you were lawyers, you might go after them to try to undercut them, cut them at the knees, cut the, cut the career short, right? No, but you go never. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Let's let this is my narrative. So you go to the store, you go to the comedy store, let's say, yeah, or, yeah. or the Yak Yak Club, oh, wherever God. it is. And and they get up and you know what? You start to look at their act and you think, hey, mm -hmm. maybe these guys aren't so bad after all. Uh, so maybe they've got a point. You've changed your mind about the mob is what you're saying. I'm I'm just saying that I see. When I met Igor uh -huh. uh, Ravinsky uh -huh. uh, from the Ukraine, uh -huh. who was a, uh, admittedly uh, involved in the organized crime rackets. Of course. He took he took me out for coffee and we played checkers. Okay. It was wonderful. <laughs> right. Wonderful. So it was above board. And I said, this guy is representative of so many of people that I've they've been basically maligned by the Democrats and everyone else. Yeah. He's a good, upstanding people. I knew John Gotti. Okay. John Gotti was a terrific man. You are no John Gotti, okay. Randy. All right, all right, all right, Rudy. Thank you. you. Turn, you're basically turning the one victory you had, and you're now turning against that in your in your present time. You got to stop talking, Rudy. I, I'm going to give you the advice: stop talking. Stop with the lawsuit. To, to, to quote the, Aaron Burr, talk less, smile no more. more. <laughs> I like that. Did you guys just make that up? Yeah, no, no, that That's was Hamilton. Hamilton. All right. Uh, oh, Rudy, what? Oh, Hamilton, Hamilton, Ohio. No fraudulent vote count. That's not fraudulent vote no. count. That's All right, next. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it. I can't I can't even listen All to right. Rudy anymore. I can't. I can't. I can't. All right. Go see the movie. It's false. <laughs> Love you guys. Bye bye. bye.
I mean, he should look back at that and say, where have I fallen from there? Yeah. How, how every single thing out of his mouth, by the way, sounded, he even sounded coherent there. He sounded more coherent there than he did in court, for Christ's sake. Facts. Um, insane. All right. That is our show. You guys want to remind everybody we've got the live dumb people town on 12, 12, December 12th. That's Saturday night, 6 30 PM West coast time, 9 30 Eastern, 7 30 mountain, 8 30 central. I don't know what time it is in New Zealand, but it's going to be fun. Uh, it is the dollop guys, Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds. They're amazing. So it's dollop people town with musical guest, Mac lethal. Uh, we're going to send him the cheap, uh, the uh, cheap seats, the uh, dumb people town theme song. He's going to do his own spin on it. He's just amazing. A phenomenal rapper from Kansas City and a good dude. So that's going on. Go to eventbrite.com and look up Live Down People Town and get those tickets. And um, that's it. Check out our li- our uh, daily show, Scalabro Country, the Virus Edition. We are still doing that. Uh, rate, review it. Rate and review this podcast too. If you're a sports fan, tell other sports fans about it. Uh, stay well. Uh, enjoy the last little bit of time over this break uh, with your kids and whatnot. And uh, we'll see you next week. Believers for a minute, all the hot rods gather round her. They just can't believe it's such a thing. A, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network. Hey, gang, this episode of uh, View from the Cheap Seats is brought to you by our good friends at Magic Spoon. I love Magic Spoon so much, and I've got all four flavors. Jay, what is your favorite flavor? My favorite flavor is the frosted flavor. I know yeah. it's straightforward and it's simple, but damn. And I'm a big blueberry fan, uh, and I know that there is, you know, my, my kids love the cocoa flavor, the chocolate flavor. It's so good. The fruity flavor, pretty good. Fruity flavor, great, too. It is a healthy snack. Again, if you are, listen, if you are uh, looking for something to eat in the middle of the day, you're hungry. I've gotten, I've gotten so hungry just because we're on Jenny Craig and doing what we do that like I am looking for snacks that are healthy, that are not going to be me eating a bag of chips. And I'll tell you something, you get a little fat-free milk or low-fat milk and put it in this thing and you are, you're eating protein and you're not eating sugars and it yet it tastes like you're giving yourself that that treat. You know, remember when we were kids and our parents would not give us sugar cereals. Remember yes. that was like the big thing. We'd go visit our uh, aunt and uncle in Canton, Ohio, and they would, the, the first thing we did was go to the store and buy the snack pack. The value this, pack, yeah. The value pack. This feels like getting the snack pack. I, I truly love this. And again, my except you love- don't like go on some sugar high and then like lose it. And you also don't gain like 25 pounds. Right. So zero sugar, 11 grams of protein, only three net grams of carbs with each serving. Again, cocoa, fruity, frosty. I'm a blueberry fan. Jay, you love frosted. It tastes amazing. It's too, it, it feels like it's too good to be true. Cato friendly, gluten free, grain free, soy free, low carb, and GMO free. Um, I Tell love these guys. Go. Okay. So go to magicspoon.com slash sklar to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code sklar at checkout to get free shipping. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It's back with 100% happiness guarantee. You're going to be happy. If you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash Sklar and use the code Sklar for free shipping. We thank our good friends at Magic Spoon for sponsoring this podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. We love having this dude on. Aside from just loving him and and (laughs) getting to know him at when we were at the NFL Network, he's a funny dude, but he gets the NFL and fantasy on the deepest level 
Uh, does a show on the NFL Network five days a week about it, which we'll get into all that stuff. Uh, and he's a great follow on Twitter. Adam Rank, welcome, buddy. How are you? Oh, my gosh. It's so good to be back. It's it's the big one. Like, you know, yeah. like it feels like because we are colleagues at one point. Sure. And I feel like it's the courtesy of like, well, we should have Rank on like whatever. It's but the not fact the courtesy. The, the fact that I get to come on a second time shows like, okay, so it wasn't horrific. It's like, uh, yeah. you know, it, like panel on the old Tonight Show where you're like, uh -huh. come on back. Come on. Like, oh my God. You, we waved you over. We waved you over. Uh, it's so great. I mean, again, we, we look for people on the show who not only get it, but understand what we're trying to do too, which is have fun with it too, which is yeah. something that you do on your show all the time. And you, you even have a comedy background. So you understand what it is to take. I mean, again, the NFL is something that takes itself so goddamn seriously <laughs> that you've sometimes have to pull the air, the pin out of the air there. It's, it's crazy. It's, I mean, to, to put it in Antonio Brown's terms, sometimes you have to throw the bike at the security guard. That's a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. You got to do, you got to do what you got to do. Sometimes, you know, we come in and we see Mr. Silver who works the gate at the, at the network. Sometimes you got to throw the bike at him. He just I, knows. By the way, I <laughs> love that guy. I remember that guy. Um, he was the, he's the best. He's legitimately the best. the best. It's so funny that you bring that up because we like to have a little bit of fun. And I, on Saturdays, I do good morning football weekend yep. and we do these skits. So I was doing a thing called flex steals, which uh -huh. is obviously a parody, whatever, not a big thing. Mm -hmm. We had like six hours of meetings and going through like, Hey, we want to make sure we don't get, I'm like, I'm pretty confident. We're not going to get sued. Nobody's, yeah. nobody's yeah. going to care. The flex seal guy is not going to care that much. Right. And then my friend, James mm -hmm. Coe, who uh -huh. does stuff for direct TV, clearly blatantly stealing star Wars marks. Like yeah. just a Boba Fett outfit, yeah. <laughs> the child, baby Yoda, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. He's doing it all. And I'm like, you have like no legal recourse. He's like, not even a one. Not like, I one. spent, I couldn't scroll. Like I was in trouble for scrolling flex steel on a bucket, not even looking like the logo, but just hey, scribbling you, you, it on a bucket. You also tried to spray the underside of a boat, which was well, not that, cool. That, that, was, that, not, was, that not was not smart. cool. That was not that was cool. Not smart. Uh, so let's talk about this because I just want to get into it because the NFL is pretty much along with college football. The NFL is really the, the star of sports right now, as we're sitting here, like I, I can't even, we talked about this at the top of the show. I can't even tell you where players went in the NBA draft. Remember when that was oh a big gosh, thing? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if that's a function of the NBA draft happening now as, in, as opposed to April when it normally happens. Or, yeah, I think it's April or the, the, the excuse me, the NFL draft is in April. The NBA draft. I can't even June, tell you June. Who, <laughs> it's a June. So like I can't, but it's a happening. And I just think that's a function of the players not being so great. And the we talked about players going over to play in Europe and you don't really get a chance to see them. whatnot. But it is the NFL's time to shine right now. And when you have a game like last night, which I actually thought was a fantastic game, the Rams totally. and the Rams and the, you know, Tampa Bay, it just was amazing. Like I, I couldn't believe that pass that Tom Brady made at the end, which was probably one of the worst in his career. That was, that was Mitchell Trubisky. Like it yes. was, it was so bad. Like you're, you know, as somebody who roots for a team that's been quarterback star for quite some time to right. see him make it, I'm familiar with that pass. I think for a lot of people who are huge fans of Tom Brady, they're not accustomed to that kind of thing. It's kind of like if you're going through the internet and you get one of those suggested stories like, hey, let's look at the stars of Boy Meets World now. And you're kind of, you know, thrown yes, off. I've been there. Not, no, Danielle, though, is still. Yes. She's 
as great as ever. Is that I Topanga? See. Is that Topanga? Topanga, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's married to our friend who's been on this show, Jensen Carp. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yes. I the used best to. Dude. I, I try not to bother them because I'm a professional wrestling fan as well. Yeah. So when I see them at shows, I kind of give them the Hollywood head nod. Like, yes. Yeah. I know <laughs> who you are. You have no idea who I am. That's right. But it's so weird because sometimes you'll look at her and you'll just, you forget that they're not your friend. Like you've seen right. them on television enough. I did this. I did this to uh, Craig Robinson. Yeah. One time. Listen to me name dropping. Yeah. No, Craig uh, Robinson, the best. I was at a, I was at a Panda Express in Culver mm-hmm. City. He used to, he That's... must have lived in the area because he used to run into him. And you just forget, like you're running in and you're like, hey, man, what's going on? And he's super nice. He's like, hey, yes. how are you? And I looked at him and I'm like, you have no idea who I am. And right. I, just, I, I just I walked right in. The familiarity so level was I just, by the way, I just binge watched the entire series with my 11 year old son of The Office. And I, like, I know Craig, we've known him forever. Like, we've just known him through stand up forever. And for yeah. me to just. I, I next time I want to see him, I just want to be like, I loved your acting. You're so good yeah, in this. So like, good. So, so good. Well, I mean, restrained. Jay had a moment like that with Aaron Rodgers here in LA. And Jay, I mean, we've talked about it on the show before, but I was I was talking on the phone with my friend in Chicago and probably even talking about the Bears or something, just messing around. Old friend from college, he's in Chicago. And like I had to pee so badly and I <laughs> and I knew there was a store that I had bought a shirt in like a while ago and I kind of knew the people in the store and I'm like if I go in and mess around in this store I'll be able to use their bathroom. So I go in to use the bathroom and I come, and there's no one in the store. I come out of the bathroom and I look up and there's Aaron Rodgers like in the store and he's like <laughs> it, like he almost like he was waiting for me to come out of the bathroom. He's like, "Dude." And I'm like, dude and he's like where's your brother and i'm like what and he's like come on man cheap seats let's get into it let's talk oh my gosh and he was so funny and he was so cool and he's like you know he's everything you think he's everything you want him to be and aaron Rodgers to be no you don't know it's a bear's fan i don't want him to be that i don't like him. i know man i I hear you it's uh nick nick swartzen talks about that because he's a huge vikings fan yeah and it's when and when i actually had to talk to aaron Rodgers. I use that as an olive branch because I'm like, he might know who I am and he might not care for me. Yeah. And I might have been wearing a bear starters jacket at the same time as well. Stop an eight ball jacket that turned into a bear's jacket. Uh, Yeah. One of the, (laughs) one of those, but he was super cool. And he kind of like understood where I was coming from. And he probably realized that I don't literally hate him. I hate him as a, a football, as an actor. no, but he would, on Sunday, right? He would appreciate that you hate so, how good he is, like how yes. he frustrates you. And I'll say this, you know, I can't believe they lost this weekend, Ugh. but, but his play and some of the throws he made moving the team down the field, you know, in, in direct con, he did everything he could to, to get his team to win that game. Well, yes. and, and, and I'm going to put this in a fantasy context because, you know, not to talk about my fantasy league, because talking about your fantasy league is like, t- and your week is like, it's my about, job. You can talk about it, but it's like talking about your dreams to other people. Nobody your, wants to hear it. My daughter told me about her, my 15 my year old daughter told me about her dream and she knew so much about what, 
like she had so many details that I literally like two <laughs> minutes in, I was like, I love you and I can listen to anything that you tell me. And I'm so happy that at 15, you still talk to me, but shut the fuck up about your dream. <laughs> so, so I, in my league, I'm at the, near the bottom of the league, just having a bad year, a bunch of weird losses. I, I usually do middle of the pack. And one time last year, I won it, but like I won my league for the first time, but so I'm having a bad year. I'm near the bottom, but one of my bright spots was Dalvin cook and he was just crushing it for me. And so my friend's son, who's also in the league emailed or texted me and was like, Hey, I noticed you're at the bottom of the league and I, and I want to make like a blockbuster trade. Can I want to get Dalvin cook? Cause I'm at the top of the league and I really need running back. And I was like, all right, well, what are you offering me? And I thought he was going to be offering me garbage just to like get this running back. He offered me Aaron Rodgers. Now my two quarterbacks were drew Brees and Joe Burrow. Oh my gosh. So I was like, yeah. And Nick Chubb. So I'm like, all right, I'll take Chubb and Rogers and I'll pick up all my points. And now I have a good quarterback. And sure enough, we, the trade went through and I won my week this week. And that's just, I mean, so that was like a windfall. And then he won his week because Dalvin cook gave him 26 points. So like, you know, I do love that fantasy for me is helping me understand how teams operate like role players on other teams and stars on other teams, how they do. I'm like, have a sense of how their team is doing because I'm following, not just my guys. That's the best part of it is, is following along that way and and watching games. You wouldn't normally watch. If you have James Robinson, the running back for the Jags, you're not missing the Jags game. Normally you're probably not going out to seek the Jags. Like no, no. no disrespect down to my friends yeah. in Duval County, but it's so funny because last night, Steve Lemmy from Tacoma mm-hmm. FD mm-hmm. was, we were talking because his two quarterbacks are Drew uh-huh. Brees and Joe Burrow. And That's he was talking about crazy. that same situation. Like, what do I do? Because it's just crazy, like a crazy combination to have. And so, uh, yeah, that's a good move. I'm assuming your friend's son probably had another good quarterback because I know, like, now I'll talk about my team. But, like, I had Aaron Rodgers and Justin Herbert, and I did the same thing. I looked for somebody who needed a quarterback, and I'm like, I'd prefer to get rid of Rodgers because I don't like rooting for him. But I'll give you either one for, like, DK Metcalf or whoever it is, and you make a deal. So so Justin Herbert. Is just, to me, Justin Herbert and and Chase Claypool are like the two dudes who came in this year, and I have and are having Claypool. having nice. such an unbelievable impact. I just am like, it's amazing. I have Juju Schuster Smith, and I'm like, I'm feeling the impact of how good Chase Claypool is because Schuster Smith's points are going away, and it's yeah. it's amazing to see young dudes come in the league and ha- and you knew Chase Claypool was good. He was, yeah. he was, it's so funny. Cause he was always like this guy who's uniform and at Notre Dame didn't seem to fit him. I'm like, is this guy <laughs> six, eight, this guy's huge. So and now in the Steelers uniform, he looks more like he got a uniform that was his size. Remember when like Albert Bell, the baseball player used yes. to wear, it was like, are you wearing a batting helmet or something that they scoop ice cream in for kids? Because <laughs> your hat doesn't fit. So, but I feel like he looks more like he's in, and so he's in his uniform more. He's in his body more. I'm like, would you ever think to run a jet sweep with Chase Claypool at Notre Dame? No way. You line him up on the outside, you throw it up and you're like, go beat the guy and you'll beat him. But he's running jet sweeps for touchdowns. He's, I mean, it's to me, it's amazing that a young dude can have that much of an impact. And I I don't know if you're seeing that more now or not. Yeah. Cause some of these guys come into the league and they're pro ready because they've played in pro-style offenses, because a lot of times they would play in the SEC. Let's say 
maybe he could even go back as recently as like Julio Jones. Like right. Alabama was not throwing the ball like they currently are. So you knew Julio was going to be good. You're like, is he? But, you know, then obviously it translates to the NFL. Now these guys at every level on every – it's not just gimmicky West Coast teams. It's everybody who's running pro-style offenses. So they're a little bit more pro-ready. And the one thing that I love about the Steelers and how they're using them – now, he's obviously great at running those nine routes. Just running down the – just run down the field. Ben Roethlisberger will get you the football. Right. But – he leads the NFL in slant routes inside the 12-yard line, and that's really starting to take away from James Conner. So if you drafted James Conner this year and you're like, why isn't he scoring touchdowns? It's because Chase Claypool has sort of become a de facto goal Red line. Zone. I, yeah, I know this got too sporty for you, but I know. No, but I, I just no, want to no, no. Go deep. Go deep. He's a goal line package guy. It's yeah. like... And that's the and that's the way that they use him. They run, you know, they'll run the screens for him as well. And that's another one. You know, they'll see they'll do the screens where they just throw it to him. It's like get in the end zone. You're right. eight like a yards bubble away. screen, bubble like, screen, good blocking by the other wide out who's in front of you. Make yeah, a move. Schuster, Schuster Smith is you. a great block. He's a yeah. great blocker. Like he's the guy who will go and like headhunt Vontez perfect. And you're like, Yeah, you're- for sure. Hundred percent, yeah, they're great. All those Steelers receivers are like that, and it goes back for years, going back to like Hines Ward and Santonio Holmes, Plaxico Burris. Yeah, if the Steelers draft a wide receiver, let's just assume he's going to be very good. Tough too, tough too, and does all the fundamental things right. And again, like Schuster Smith was a guy from USC. If correct me if I'm wrong, right? Yeah, for sure. And those guys don't play like USC isn't known as a particularly tough. I mean, they used to have like, you know, Ray Maliuga, like that was like yeah. they, they they did in Troy Palomalu. Those were tough oh, guys. Yeah. On def- but but those guys on defense, they were tough, but they weren't like they were more of a finesse team. Of course, so more like Robert West Woods. Coast, Robert yeah. Woods to pull a tough guy out of that thing is like to me i think that that again shows you like all right there is a there is a quote-unquote steelers way it's like the cardinals way in baseball yeah you know there's a steelers way and and it's it's they 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 pulled the right levers this year and they're 10 and 0 yeah i mean and you're absolutely right i mean it's no coincidence that every year the steelers are good even when they lost ben roethlisberger they were eight and eight last season that was a pretty good football team that could have made the playoffs had a couple of breaks gone their way. And you talk about the Cardinals, you know, every year they're in the playoff hunt or they're very good. And they're, you know, they're always going to be contending no matter what happens, no matter who they have. That's, that's right. Because they're good at scouting talent. They're good at playing for and, and picking for the team and what that team is going to be. I want to talk about speaking of the Cardinals. I want to talk about the Arizona Cardinals. I want to talk about two quarterbacks in this league, two young quarterbacks that are certainly ripping it up on the fantasy level and I think are like the future of the league. Kyler Murray and and Tua on the on the Dolphins. Those two guys, first of all, they make it fun to watch those teams. They can do things with yeah, like who gave a crap about Miami? I mean, yeah. I, there, there were like huge swaths of Miami that like, was like, do we even still have a football team? Like I, they're like, we don't know who cares less about our professional franchise. Uh, d- is it the, the owner of the Marlins or the owner of the dolphins? Yeah, it seemed that way, you know, and Brian Flores kind of arrived there and changed everything last season, even though they weren't a spectacular team, you still felt like this was a team that was on the rise. Their defense was playing really well. And so you're like, okay, it'll be interesting to see what's happening. And it's funny 
because a lot of a lot of people before the season started thought they should have tanked for Tua and then yeah. still ended up getting him. What was yeah. it fifth overall? I think yeah. he drafted him in front of Justin Herbert. So that's going to be an interesting one to see play out right. over the years. But I really like the way that he plays the game. And I'm a little I'm not upset about it because the Dolphins are definitely in the playoff chase. And if you think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to give you an opportunity to win a game to get you into the playoffs, I understand making the switch. Right. But to me, the Dolphins are a playoff contender. They're not a Super Bowl contender. You're not you're not competing with the Chiefs, and you're not competing with the Steelers. You might right. beat the Ravens in the playoffs. You could possibly beat the Titans or somebody like that or the Colts. Right. right. Give Tua an opportunity to see if he could drive his team down the field. That could have been a make-or-break-it moment. And I think that that's, that's the first time that I've seen Brian Flores really make a misstep right. with him and in the development of that. I would have loved to have seen him get that opportunity. I feel like in the COVID you know, year that we're in as far as like this – this is the year that the whole league is quote unquote playing with house money and every sport yeah. is playing with house money because it's like, you know, again, we're Michigan fans and our football team is, you know, falling apart, but yeah. you know, there's a, but they, they switched quarterbacks in the second quarter and he put this, you know, red shirt freshman and the guy's slinging the ball over the, all over the place. He's Nevada state Gatorade player of the year, two years in a row has like the most yards ever passed in, in high school. And the guy just is like literally throwing it like a pro quarterback winging yeah. it around. And you say to yourself, Fuck it, man. Just put everybody in and let, cut him Go loose. Don't don't play to quote unquote win the game, so to speak, or manage the game in the odds. Go with your youth and just kind of let it go. Because I think Tua eventually is the guy that's going. The, people are going to have Tua jerseys. Not going to have Ryan Fitzmagic's jersey out there. Yeah. So that's the guy that's going to put butts in the seats. And whether or not he he might do he might he'll do something exciting. But he's not gonna you know maybe he doesn't win you maybe he doesn't bring the drive down but he'll do something exciting. And I think Kyler Murray is the example for Tua. Oh, one hundred percent. I love watching him play, and he's he's so exciting. First of all, I'm an Angels fan, so I'm glad he's not playing for the Oakland A's. So I love yes, that part of it. That's right. Yes. And then, <laughs> but, you know, it, it's amazing how we've seen the quarterback position evolve, where everybody had to look like Troy Aikman back in the day, where they were 6'4", right. sturdy, going to stand in the pocket. And now as I'm watching guys like Phillip Rivers, like you're probably the last of a generation of the I can't move in the pocket type of players. I'm not able to run because the game is just evolving. Right. And Kyler has kind of taken that to another level and he's, he's running with efficiency. You know, you see Russell Wilson run and Russell yeah. Wilson runs to extend plays. Now he'll get down the field every once in a while, but Russell Wilson likes to goof around in the pocket, extend plays, allow his receivers to get open. Right. Kyler will just take off and run and be like, I'm going to get 20 yards. I'm going to score touchdowns. And it's mm -hmm. frustrating to people who are playing fantasy. If you have Kenyon Drake or even chase Edmonds, you're like, Hey, Kyler, like, let one of your running backs score a touchdown here or there. Because he's I, have Ken, him, he, I have Kenyon Drake, and he's just like, <laughs> I'm like, where'd you go for three weeks, bro? And it's like, well, he, you know, like you're saying, Kyler Murray sees a seam, and he's got this video game level speed of like hyperspace that I've never seen before. Like I, yeah. Lamar Jackson is fast. Okay. He is like amazing and fast and slippery and incredible. And when he gets moving, he's amazing. Michael Vick was fast. Yeah. I've never seen this level of speed and burst it's, from quarterback ever. 
It is so crazy. It is. It's revolutionary. I mean, it really is. It reminds me of somebody who just passed away recently, Eddie Van Halen. Obviously, one of the greatest, maybe the greatest guitarist of all time. But he brought in synthesizers for the 1984 album, yep. which changed that genre of music where it's That's like, right. oh, we're bringing in synthesizers or uh -huh. doing whatever. And yeah. you see bands like Depeche Mode, who uh -huh. are synthesizer bands. Now, all of a sudden, Martin Gore's out there playing his guitar and it just changed everything. The Beastie right. Boys played instruments. It's just yeah. it's that kind of revolution that we're seeing on an NFL level of a quarterback play of like, don't get your quarterback hit. Make sure you're protecting them and everything like that. It's like, nope, just let them go out there and make plays. Let's have some fun. Let's have some high scoring games. Well, well do you do you think that the rules that are protecting quarterbacks in a way that were different than five years ago, 10 years ago, 15, like the the targeting rules, all the things that can get guys kicked out of yeah, game. No, if you, you can't hit a quarterback like a half step after he throws the ball without getting a penalty. Yeah. You know so, what? I mean, but we want to see the quarterbacks. Do you want to go see? And I know that Joe Burrow was a different kind of circumstance, but if you think, do you want to see Ryan Finley throwing the football or do you no. want to see Joe Burrow? And I know it's frustrating and everybody wants to go to Twitter and they want to be upset. And what happened to hitting in this game Mm -hmm. But they're also human beings. Right. We want to make sure that they have a, a healthy life after football. Mm -hmm. If you not being able to demolish a quarterback, okay, I'm sorry. I I, I just want to enjoy football. I want to see these guys play. And just I, I I'm probably the I'm probably the softy who's like, yeah, yeah like no, I'm, you're not. I'm you're not, not bad. I'm not bad with it. I, I I think it's kind of a good thing. You're, you're not, not, and I think COVID in a weird way is almost showing us the pathway to the future of how the NFL survives because of how violent the game has become and how strong and how fast and how the impact of these guys hitting each other and see, and what we know about CTE right now, basically COVID said, you want a football season? There can't be fans in the stands. You're not going to see yeah. packed stadiums. So deal with it. It's going to feel different. You're going to look at a replay and you're going to see no one in the stands, but I'll find something to love about it. And we're going to give it to you this year. It's either that or nothing. Yeah. And, and, you yeah. know, what's interesting is, you know, you talked about Justin Herbert. I feel like Justin Herbert is the new Philip rivers. He, he's Philip rivers and he can run and get out. Of the yeah. Pocket. And he can do some other things, but he's like, in my opinion, I don't know if you put the measurables of those guys are probably around the same size. Yeah. They're big, big dudes. Yeah. Like big dudes. And in back in the day, when you would see a quarterback like that, who was that size, you would just assume they couldn't run. You'd be like, oh, okay, he's a statue in the pocket. Right, right. You would see guys every once in a while, like Steve Young, you're like, okay, yeah, that's a great athlete. But now they're all like that. They can mm -hmm. all move. They can all go out there and deliver blows. And we've seen Justin Herbert take some hits. The one thing about him being the, the new Philip Rivers, though, is what I don't want is don't let him keep losing all these games because he yeah. just won his second, his first or second game as a second. starter. Yeah, he can't have that. Like right. I thought last week when he shaved his head. Yeah, I thought that was a Britney Spears moment, like a cry for help. Like, don't right. let me lose all these games. Like he was sending a message. We're used to this in Hollywood. We I mean, we see this all the time. That was Herbert saying, guys, I need some help here. And they responded. So actually, it kind of worked. Dude, if he shows up with his 
child on his lap without a car seat <laughs> driving around town. Then walks then into the restroom barefooted. Like yeah, any then of we're that screwed. Stuff. Then we are screwed. <laughs> uh, awesome. I think, but I think the guys, you know, the crazy thing. And again, I don't know if it's just that the COVID thing, we should just appreciate that we have football. You know, you talk about the Dolphins kind of making a little bit of a misstep, but guess what? Dolphin fans, you still have Tua. you know, you talk about even, even Tampa Bay losing yesterday, even Aaron, you know, Green Bay losing to the Colts. Yeah. There is this level uh, you can get. There are so many teams that are excited, uh, cities excited about their team right now. Like Cleveland may be the worst seven and three team I've ever seen. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like they're fine. I think they're, they're good. They're okay. But they're also in the division with the Steelers. They'll never, they're not going to be better than the Steelers. So I, but there is excitement in Cleveland. You don't have a, an, a you don't, you're not like four and 12. You, you're yeah, just throwing that, an O and 16 parade, <laughs> right? Think it's, about how far removed are we from the O and 16 parade? A couple of years. Not like, yeah, it, it's not long. And it's so crazy too, where people are, they're dragging Baker Mayfield and talking S about him. Oh, and I've heard you guys cause they're talking shit on Baker. Yeah. And you're like, hey, they're they've won seven games, everybody. Right. Like, calm down. Like, this is like I one of the things too is that Kevin Stefanski has just been so efficient, has designed a really nice offense. And I think right. they've done a really good job of of putting this together. We always had to have these conversations when before Odell Beckham Jr. went down. Right. To where when we were talking about him in fantasy, in fantasy terms, right? That Odell is not a bad player. He's really good. We're just saying the situation fantasy wise might not lead it, lead him to having a lot of points. I always had to make that declaration. Yeah. I always wanted to make sure because I love OBJ. Yes, me too. And me too. And I think he's he's a good guy. Yeah. You and I, we we, we all know who's not the good guy, and we won't bring right. his name up. Yeah. F that guy. F that yeah. guy. Yeah. So F I'm so glad guy. his team's losing. But yeah. I I always had to have come out and be like, hey. We like him. Like he's a good player. That's right. He's probably not going to score you 20 fantasy points and always had to have that conversation. It's but so I think fun. it lends itself to how well they've constructed that team. And that offense might not be winning. Unless you have Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt, then you might be, but right. it's not a great fantasy team, but it's a, it's a, it's a good team. And I get your point. Like they're not, they're not going to be knocking off the Steelers to go to the Super Bowl. but they're good. They're going to make the playoffs, which for Cleveland, that's pretty okay. good. So, so everyone in the end, so here, who is, who's excited. If you're, if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan, you're excited. If you're excited. in LA, if you're an LA Rams fan, you're excited. I Definitely. Got, even though you lost. So if you're an LA Rams fan, you're excited. Denver has met, had some wins this year. Not that you're that excited, but you don't hate your team in Denver. Right. You know, Kansas city. You're so excited. You're like, we're going to win it all oh, again yeah. this year. The Steelers are like, hold on. We're going to win it all this year. Tampa Bay. Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay, Cleveland, uh, Taysom Hill comes in and, and you're a Saints fan and you're like, we've got a shot. There are, so, I'm saying, so then you take and even Arizona, Kyler Murray, we're excited about our team, you know, and, and there's two excitement in Miami. The only teams that are not excited that suck are the Jets and the Giants and Philadelphia, even though they're, they're winning the league. I would even say Dallas, you could be like, hey, if everybody didn't go down, you have an yeah. excuse. You're like, if everybody didn't go down, look at our receivers. Look at who CD Lamb oh, yeah. became. You know what I mean? Like that's I have Amari Cooper and I'm like, oh. God damn it, CD Lamb! You're you're so good. You're taking everything. <laughs> See, there's away. a lot of great young receivers. CD Lamb, Jerry Judy, like there's a lot of young guys that we in talked the about league. Claypool. 
Yeah, Claypool. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just saying that there's a lot of excitement around the league, except in the NFC East. Okay, right. if you're, the NFC East sucks. Like to me, this this is how dumb of a fantasy guy I am. So, I knew that I have Josh Allen, who's amazing, and he's my starting quarterback, and he's fantastic. Like it could be the third quarter, and he's got nine points, and then out of nowhere, he catches a touchdown. <laughs> he runs for a touchdown. He throws. Dude, like the guy's unbelievable, and he winds up with 26 to 35 points every single time. And I'm like. I'm like, why the, the the way people draft in fantasy where it's like, get three running backs, like get yeah. a running back three option. You can get a quarterback in the fourth or fifth round. I'm like every week I'm holding on to my quarterback scoring the points that I need to win the thing. It just it boggles the mind that we value it so small in comparison to what, you know, what it actually does for you every week. Yeah, yeah no, that was the mistake. Literally the mistake I made this year in my fantasy league, I waited too long to get a quarterback and all that was left was Drew Brees and Joe Burrow. As far as I was concerned, those are the best options. And I was not good this year. I, I was three and six, you know, coming into this week. So, and so I get Josh Rogers and now I'm and you won. So Josh Allen, so Josh Allen's great, but I of course made this mistake. And this is the dumbest thing is that I knew Josh Allen didn't have a game this week. I had Joe Burrow as my backup. I'm like, do I start Joe Burrow? Let me see what's out there. Alex Smith is out there. I'm in a, oh, four, yeah. I'm in a 14 team league and Alex Smith is out there and he throws for f- nearly 400 yards the week before. I'm like, let me play this guy. What does Washington have to lose? Like if they're slinging the ball around like that, they're going to sling it around this week and they're playing the Bengals. The Bengals suck. I'm like, yeah. Oh my God, this is, if ever you're going to, go out and get Alex Smith and start him on a week where your starting quarterback's not going to be there. I made that mistake and he gets 11 points now or not 10 points, whatever it was. He screwed me like so hard. It was awful. I was in on that too. And we, they had so many players that you wanted to play that week with uh, obviously Terry McLaurin starts every week, but Antonio Gibson, JD McKissick, even Logan Thomas had been coming on. You're like, yeah, we love this matchup. And I knew as I was starting Alex Smith, I'm like, I just know he's going to screw us. Because this always happens. He did he's, it. He he's did that. It. He's that guy. You know, it's your friend. You know, we all have a friend who's like that, who never shows up for stuff. Right. And then he does. And he shows up for a couple of weeks. You're like, oh, this is cool. And he's like, dude, let's go play golf on Friday. And you're like, great. And then you get sucked in. And then Friday, you're on the first tee. You get a text like, bro, I'm not making it. Like, not of making course. it. Of course. Every time. Every time with this guy. Why like, did I do this to myself? He's like, bro, I feel like it's going to rain. My leg is telling me. I don't want to hear about your leg anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Alex. <laughs> um, so, all right. Your biggest fantasy surprises this year that you're like, I can't believe this guy is kicking so much ass. You know what? I am surprised that Dalvin Cook has been as great as he has because he's always been somebody who's been super talented. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy and he's missed only one game this year, which has been great. Yep. And I, I just avoided him because I thought the injury concerns were too much. I'm like, right. ah, I don't want to go like it's I'm worried that he's not going to be able to stay healthy. And yet he stayed healthy and he's probably winning you a league, especially where you drafted him. Because those first four guys who are going off the board, Alvin Kamara, CMC, Ezekiel Elliott and Barkley. Only Alvin Kamara has been the one who's been a stud throughout that yep. whole time. And then yeah. here's Dalvin Cook, who had injury concerns, at least for me. And all of a sudden he's the guy who's leading everybody. And you're like, okay, this makes sense. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's so interesting because like you're seeing guys like value pickups, like a, like a Jonathan Taylor, who, you know, in, 
being Big Ten guys, seeing him in Wisconsin and being like, this kid's unbelievable. Whoever is going to luck out and get him in the second round, which the Colts, I think they got him in the second or even the third round. I'm like, you guys just got one of the greatest. And he's been fan. I think he's been great. I think he's one of the reasons the Colts are good. Yeah, for sure. You know what? Yeah. And it's uh, fantasy wise too. He's been frustrating because some weeks Naheem Hines will come in there. Jordan Wilkins had a week. Yeah. But Hines, you look at that. Hines will get the touchdown carries. Yeah. yeah. But the Colts have just put together a good team. You know, the way they've constructed that ball club through the offensive line and the defensive studs that they just continue to grab. They got Darius Leonard a couple of years ago and that guy was great. Yeah. And the Utah kid that they picked up, Forgive me, his name escapes me, but he's yeah. been playing fantastic too. That Utah team, by the way, had him and Jalen Johnson, who's been crushing it for the Bears. It's like, yeah, yep. Whittingham is really dropping the ball there. Like they mm-hmm. should be a lot better. Like, why do you keep losing these close games? Actually, I don't think they get the quarterbacks that they they, they, they don't. They don't have the quarterback, and they don't have the running. So but like, if you're so if you're the Bears, do you draft a quarterback? This. You have to. You yeah, have to. I, I like the BYU guy. I think yeah. that would be a fun play. Yeah. They're too good. Like that's when you talk about teams like people who hate their team, yeah. I think the Bears are in that mix of like, we've won too many games to tank for Trevor. Right. We're not really a contender, but feels like we could be because everything is so close. Could it, you know, they rally to tie the Saints and to take that game into overtime. Right. Could have won last week before the bye. You're like, yeah. beat the Buccaneers. Yeah, God, like it's close, and they they got the Packers this week, so that'll hopefully like that'll just that'll extinguish all hope unless they go out there and somehow inexplicably win that game. Then I'm back. Then you're back. This is sports. This is what sports does to us. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you one last question before we go to quick hits. I want to hear like from your your advice to fantasy uh, owners right now who are in the thick of it like as they head into the home stretch and start to head towards the playoffs of their leagues, like any sort of like, I don't want to say tricks, but like anything that you say, Hey, this will give you an edge. Give us some, a little piece of advice that we can share. Well, I think at some point, you know who your starters are and you know who the guys are that you're relying on. And so you have that base, start looking ahead to the playoff schedule. It's not it's not too early to do that. And kind of start looking at the matchups and see, hey, does my quarterback have a tough matchup in week 15? Who could I possibly stream instead? Now, there's some guys it doesn't matter. Like right. Russell Wilson, I don't care who he's playing against. Justin yeah. Herbert now, I don't care who he's playing against. We're starting yeah. those guys. Yeah. But if you've been streaming a quarterback for the last couple of weeks, if you went with like Randy and I did with, uh, with uh, Alex, Alex Smith, Smith. <laughs> you yeah. know, like – Start to plan that kind of stuff out and realize you like I have Duke John, like I'm never playing Duke Johnson. I can let him go. Yeah. If I need a quarterback who's got a good matchup in week 15, because I don't like, I don't like, I don't even know who you would say. Like if I if you're starting Carson Wentz or whoever, that's a terrible right. example. But you yes, know, but still, but yeah. Start to look for it. and if you have if you have the ability to still make trades, which I have one league that's still like that, and it's the league where I have Herbert yeah. and Aaron Rodgers. And somebody just lost Joe Burrow, who was his quarterback. And now you I've might got be Rogers. Trade I'm, like, Rogers. I'm trying to get DK Metcalf from him. I might have oh, to settle for Chase Claypool, which is fine. We're fine. That's not a big settle. That's not it's a big a great, settle. He's, but, a, he's a 15, 20 point guy every week almost now. But you have, yeah. And you have those positions that if you've been holding out this long, because, hey, you know, especially in a COVID season, you right. want to make sure that you're insulated and have quality backups, probably for the first time ever, where you were carrying a backup tight end, making sure you had a backup quarterback. 
now you can start to look ahead and be like, you got to make, if you have a, a troubled spot in your area and I have a, a wide receiver spot that I need to fix, like, well, that's where I use Rogers now as leverage to go through and just starting to starting to round out your playoff roster. You hear that in baseball too, where, yeah. where managers will start setting up their pitching rotation. And like, we don't want this guy to pitch in this spot. So we'll start, you know, we'll start setting things in motion. And so that's pretty much what you want to do right now with your fantasy. Tie you in a league. It's a great analogy. I mean, Ty, look, I got Tyler Higby. I, I, the one week I sat Tyler Higby, he had 29 points. I, I, do, is it last question before we go to break? But uh, do you, are people like, how come Adam Rank isn't winning every year? And you're like, because you just, there are too many variables. You know too what I volatile. mean? It's too volatile. And I always have to play with my cards face up. Right. My friend, I have a friend who watches the fantasy live show every day. I can never pick up waiver wire guys because I'm talking about him on the show and he's and watching. He's already, it. God damn it. If, so this if, is what, if this his, is team, why, and, if his oh, team and my team were combined, I would be winning the league in a laugher because there's one league where my friends don't watch my show and I win it every year. So <laughs> this is why I can't beat my six year old in gin. I'm teaching her the game and we're doing it face up and she always goes, Oh, why don't you take that one and throw it in? I'm like, God. Why? <laughs> Why are you? All right, uh, let's take let's take a break. Adam Rank is with us. Uh, just fantastic conversation. I, I love it as as fantasy guys ourselves. It's just uh, we we love getting into it, chop it up with him. We had some great quick hits on the other side of the break. This is view from the cheap seats. Don't go anywhere. All right, guys, the holidays, it's a stressful time, especially with things looking a little different this year. And that's why our friends at MeUndies, I love these guys, created a list and curated a list of stuff your friends really want so you can soften the stress and win the holiday. Seriously, you are going to be the gift-giving champion. That's what I'm telling you right now. Their micro model is not only super soft, but breathable. I've got the micro model, a, a number of micro mo model micro modal. Excuse me, micromodal. I call micromodal. It's micromodal. Uh, it's not only super soft, but breathable, light, and impossibly cozy. The best part is you can get all your gifting done at home. Jay, you're wearing them right now. I am indeed. Catch every game, uh, avoid the malls, and gift new undies. PJ sets. The PJ sets are unbelievable. The slippers, everything else you need to have a stress-free and comfortable holiday. These are the gifts you give people. And they wear them over and over and over again. And they thank you. Uh, I love the MeUndies. The underwear I've got, the pajama bottoms I have are second to none. Uh, I found my new pajama bottoms. I've been looking for the, for a, a pair, especially going into the winter. I love them so and much. And we are hanging out at home so much more. And honestly, I live in these things. I, I do too. I, I walk around. I, I walk more than the perimeter of my house in those MeUndies. Well, I've walked the neighborhood in these things. And someone's like, are those pajamas? And I'm like, back off, bro. That's right. You yes, can also gift. You can also gift a membership with MeUndies gift card. It's so good. Their membership is a subscription that sends new pairs right to their door, so they never have to run out of undies ever again. With site-wide savings and exclusive sales, they automatically pay less for well everything. MeUndies has a great offer for our listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get fifteen percent off and free shipping. So think about that as you are getting holiday gifts for your family. MeUndies also has their problem-free philosophy. If you're not satisfied with any product for any reason, they will refund or exchange. 
no caveats, no questions. Okay, to get your 15% off your first order and free shipping, go to meundies.com. That's meundies, M-E-U-N-D-I-E-S.com slash Sklar. I love these guys so much. I love their product. I endorse them wholeheartedly. I'm wearing them now, as is Jason. Meundies.com slash Sklar for 15% off your first order and free shipping. Hey, everybody, it's Elaine Welteroth, and I'm hosting a new podcast called Built to Last by American Express, where we will dive deep into the stories, history, and continued legacy of small businesses that shape American culture. Our debut season will focus on Black-owned small businesses that need our support now more than ever. In each episode, we feature the story of a Black business trailblazer that has inspired a modern Black-owned business. First up is Pinky Cole of Atlanta's food truck turned restaurant, Saletti Vegan. We'll also chat with Hanifa Muemba, the cutting edge designer behind the Hanifa 3D digital fashion show. Plus, we'll check in with Issa Rae, our modern day renaissance woman. We hope that it encourages all of our listeners to support these businesses as well as the black owned businesses in your own communities. Tune in for these amazing stories and others on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. We got Adam Rank with us. Uh, Adam, tell them your socials so people know how to follow you and, uh, and tell them when your show's on so people can watch you on the NFL Network. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Adam Rank. Unfortunately, I didn't get that handle on Instagram. I had to go Adam Rank NFL. And the person who has Adam Rank, that's not even his name. It's Adam Rankin. I'm like, dude, what, dude, what are you doing? Do yeah, I'll buy it off you. Like, please yeah. just let me have it. I don't know. I'll give you, I'll give you Aaron Rodgers for it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, tr- I'll make that trade. So you can find that. And uh, also on the NFL Network, NFL Fantasy Live, five days a week. Typically it's 6 p.m. Eastern, except for on, on Thursdays because of the Thursday night game. Obviously won't be on Saturday. You week. do Good Morning Football. Good Morning Football weekend. If you watch me once, watch me on GMFB weekend because growing up, I love comedy. Yeah. I love sports. Yeah. I think my time is running out to be on Saturday Night Live, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to come to grips with that. But yeah, yeah, the good do. part is, is I get to do these kind of sketches on Good Morning Football Weekend. They give me four minutes to go make a fool of myself. So I love that. That's a lot of fun. So I enjoy that. So that's catch me perfect. There. Yeah, we'll check you out there. All right, so let's get into some quick hits, Jay. All right, not sure if you're up on this, but a Russian soccer star, Diz Yuba. I don't know if I'm saying that right was kicked off the Russian national soccer team when a video of him masturbating leaked out. I don't, that's I don't know if you want the word leaked, leaked out. out. And that's, just, uh, that's a little yeah. poor choice of words right there. Poor choice. But he got sacked for a little self-love, which <laughs> that's not against the law, right? Well, I don't know why you're recording that. I don't know if that's some sort of thing like you're, where you're recording your golf swing, where you want to okay, go back so, and watch it later. So, say, hey, you know, work on some <laughs> techniques. Maybe I need to move my left hand. Yeah, you're, I'm you're, dropping I mean, my left hand as I'm coming through here so i, I want to fix that i have to work on my grip you're, you're, <laughs> you're working on your stroke either way i mean it's like the yeah who is filming that and why is he filming that and did he put it on did he do it on time lapse it's like the guy who went into the the lake to save his puppy from being eaten by the alligator that old guy who had a cigar i don't know that video's, video's been going around this week and the right. whole thing is he didn't drop his cigar he yeah. didn't drop his cigar yet i'm like he also apparently filmed himself going in and doing this and set up a perfect shot or how does that happen uh, how does it happen i was like that's that great. seems a little staged was he throwing did we miss the part where he threw the puppy in the water yeah <laughs> threw it at his own pet alligator it's like bro relax bro. Uh, so a Russian Instagram model this week 
Translation, prostitute. Thank you. Uh, came to his defense on Instagram by stripping naked, doing what the only thing she could do, which was strip right. naked. And she offered to do that uh, if he got reinstated. So I think, but she already stripped naked to try and get him reinstated. To me, she right. should have like said, here's a photo of me almost naked. I'll right. go all the way if you reinstate this guy. She also offered Pittman Jr. Is that weird? That I know he's been doing well. So No, that's a, that's a huge, that, that would have been good, over the top. You're like, that's over that. the top. And she's like, look, I know you need a wide receiver three. And so <laughs> it works out. And another tough guy from USC. <laughs> USC, you know, like this that's is right. all, we're all, we're, we're just it's doing all coming together. Stuff. It's all coming together. Uh, all right, let's go to the next story. Uh, Lou Holtz. Oh, Lou. Oh, oh Lou Holtz. You Lou Holtz. You hate to see it happen to anyone, but including Lou Holtz, but got to say, not surprised that the 83-year-old has tested positive for COVID-19. Yep. Lou Holtz, Uh, you're you're three steps away from being Rudy Giuliani. So here's the deal. Yeah, maybe his hair dye is going to start. I was just going to say that. I'm I'm sure he still uses a handkerchief. But my thing is this, Lou, like, again, let me say this so that nobody comes at us at all. I want from the bottom of my heart for him to make a full recovery and and I don't want this to impede his life even in the slightest, okay? I need to say that out out of my mouth. But you can't go like start supporting the Trump campaign and go out there and say protesters, including some of his ex-players, like he lost a lot of respect from tons of players. You can't be a coach of players like that. We saw what happened to Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy and you're like, dude, you gotta check the... Lick your finger and stick it up in the air, man. You're you're going against the wind to quote Bob Seeger on this one. Yeah, and it's unfortunate to see like a bunch of coaches that you've respected or watched or admired over the years. And now you you see certain players and you know, like I was thinking of a former player, I don't want to call out who it is, because I don't I don't I cannot say for sure. And he, I was a huge fan of him as a player, and I just saw his Twitter avatar. Pull up, pop up, and I'm like, oh god, I probably know who he voted for. And then it just kind of taints it, you know. You're just kind of like, oh, this isn't. I don't want to. I, I guess maybe it's better to know than to not know, or something like that. But at some point, like Lou Holtz, like also, I don't like, know how you. I don't know how these coaches aren't more. How they don't have their pulse. Like you, you, you are closer to the action than us. Like we right. live in suburbs right. and stuff. That's right. Like, right. I, I live, I don't even want to say where I live, but yeah. <laughs> okay, I do. I live in Huntington Beach. I live in the right. dumbest city of America. So I yeah. guess what I do. there are people walking out in the streets to protest a 10 p.m. curfew. Dummies. This yeah. is not to try and ruin your life, you fucking idiots. This can is you not, tr- can try you not black it. out at 9 p.m.? Like yeah. it's a bunch of burnouts from, and they're all, you know, and the whole thing is like, they're always up in arms about the homeless situation. Like it's, we should, we should ship them off somewhere else. And I'm like, so you say the government should be able to tell them where to live, but not yeah. you. Yeah. You can't You can't go into hurricanes at 10 o'clock and now all of a sudden that's an infringement on your rights, but we want to meddle into everything else. And uh, it's it's insane. And it's also, and it's all, they're also the same people. Like whenever, when there were Black Lives Matters protests. Yeah. What is the one argument they always say? Well, if you would just follow the rules, Everything would be fine. Now you're protesting against the rules. Like you're not even consistent. That is, that is, it's maddening. And, you know, it is like, again, if you want to take a page out of the NBA's book, I have to say the NBA for all they did in the bubble, I really love kind of the way they approached 
everything and allowed their players to kind of speak out and do their thing. And I hope that I hope that galvanizes everywhere. I really do. I hope like every league kind of falls in line. And the NBA is smaller and it's a little more nimble and and whatever. But like, I really hope that all the other leagues follow suit and sort of do that. And I know you do too. All right. So oh, the, and uh, by the way, I will shout out the NFL for a little bit too, because yeah. you know, for being in that league and we talked about how conservative it can be like dealing yeah. with lawyers, like for the NFL to come out and do what they did this year, you know, and coach or coach commissioner Roger Goodell came out and said, black lives matter and giving players more of a platform, which I, even four years ago, even two years ago, I didn't think we were ever going to be in a spot like that. And I know that we still have a long way to go, but to see the NFL make that step was encouraging to me. I definitely think it was. And I definitely think that's pulled along by some of the other leagues. And I think like saying, okay, we can do that and reading the tea leaves. And like Jay said, licking your finger and sticking it up in the air and saying, maybe, you know, what I would love to see is I would love to see the league if he can't play anymore. And I'm not convinced that that's the truth, but allow Colin Kaepernick to be kind of for the league, the spearhead of that. Like there's an NBA cares and I'm sure there's an NFL cares, but like a, on all social issues of that sort, allow this guy to be an ambassador for that to, and, and get a job that I feel like would be a big, a big step forward as well. hundred percent. I agree. All right. So as we were saying before, the Browns are good. Um, I think they're good, <laughs> but uh, the Nick Chubb. So this is the, Ni- the Nick Chubb. And again, as a fantasy guy, this I have guy. him and I played him and I'm like, what? You're 59, going out 59 yards. <laughs> and OK, they're it at this point. They're up 10, seven. Yeah. No barn burner. So if he gets in the end zone, there's no it doesn't matter. You're now up 16 to seven. And if you kick an extra point, it's 17 to seven. There's no way they're coming back. Why did Nick Chubb go out about it? Can you please just explain that to me? And then we're going to get into what Charles Barkley said about it. Well, it's sort of a smart play. Although I will say this, like Nick Chubb did that and everybody celebrates him. Like, oh, that was such a smart football play. Daniel Jones did that a couple of weeks ago against the Eagles and got lampooned. Oh, wait, no, wait, Daniel yeah. Jones didn't mean, he didn't mean to do that. Sorry. sorry. Yeah, no, that he, was, he that was a different, that was different a different, thing. I think that was, against, yeah, was that the Eagles or the Cowboys? He went face first. It was against the, yeah, it was against the Eagles. Eagles he, did, yeah. he did do the face plant. But yeah. the one thing that I will say, like it is, I understand it because mathematically, he could have scored a touchdown. They could have had the extra point blocked had the Texans return it for two points. Right. And then been, like, it's mathematically possible. Yes, I understand. The, my biggest issue with the whole thing, and it, it's a smart play, and I understand. You want to keep the ball. You don't want to turn it back over. That's Why right. are you running out of bounds? You had to have an extra snap. You should have ran to the middle of the field. And fallen and down. fallen down right That's there. Right. Just curled up. Although you don't want to do the Todd Gurley where you got too close and accidentally scored. Fall in, yeah. Oh, but, get at the five. Fall down but, at the five. Well, we needed the three extra decimal points of fantasy production so <laughs> i will give him that we lost out on six but he did give us you know an extra half you know half point there by going sure. all the way to the one i i love it is crazy so but then of course charles, charles sir charles sir charles gets on on to a radio show and is like if anybody sees nick chubb please punch him in the face and i was like that is Charles, I know Charles likes to talk about fighting all the time, and yet Shaq like constantly puts him in his place. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, it's funny too. Like Charles Barkley, it seems weird that you would call out somebody who is making a a team first decision. Smart play, yeah. Considering you know, like you know, Jordan has six rings. You kind of not have as many. (laughs) 
at all. <laughs> so maybe you're not the best person. Like if, like even even selfish Michael Jordan would have um, would have probably gone out of bounds if he could have at that point. I mean, are you excited that Michael Jordan and Lavar Ball get to like cancel each other out now that and for like a long period of time? Like, they should be playing one on one every day, and I would love to see them like beat each other. Like, I would love to see Michael Jordan lose to Lavar Ball because he's like drunk or he's you know like bloodshot from drinking too much whiskey the night before, and it's like his eyes were so red during that documentary. I'm like, are you staying up all night and editing this? What is going (laughs) on, dude? it's interesting because I, I saw, you know, I sat and watched last night, the other night. I, I can't believe I sat and watched this, but I loved it so much. And I know you'll appreciate it too. Uh, Harry, the, the Major League Bay MLB Network did. And, and I will say this, you know, I think MLB Net, NBA TV and NFL Network, that is where I go to get all my information. Like ESPN has squandered it because like NFL Network will have a guy like you on and MLB Net will do these crazy fun shows like Bob. I knew it was done in quarantine. It was done like recently. Bob Costas and Tom Verducci are in like little squares and they recount the life of Harry Carey. Yeah. And the old footage and the footage of him singing and the footage of him just talking like there was such a a and I know because you I'm sure you watched him growing up and whatnot. But there is just if you're a fan of his like that we like we did even in St. Louis watch WGN there yeah. was just like a real there was a realness to an authentic you know an authentic 100% nature to him that was just so goddamn beautiful yeah he, he was awesome like he was you know uh my dad or my parents I should say we're they're Cubs people you know right. and I I grew up predominantly out here in Southern California right so I was not allowed to root. It didn't matter. I grew up closer to Anaheim than to Los yeah. Angeles anyways. So, yeah. but my parents were like, you're not rooting for the Dodgers. Like mm-hmm. you're, we'll, we'll allow the angels as our American league team. And eventually right. my parents just came around and just root for the angels, rooted for the angels anyway. So, uh, but yeah, but, but obviously Harry Carey, WGN, like as a kid running home, they played day games. That were perfectly timed for me getting out of school. And so it was the best. And it just was, it was beautiful. I mean, Barkley is kind of that. He's, he is as authentic as it gets. I mean, he tells you exact. And I think that's why people love him. And that's why people love, you know, NBA on TNT is that there is just this, he's going to say someone go punch Nick Chubb in the face. And I'm like, Ooh, Barkley's gambling too much. He's gambling too much. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he must have yeah, the part of it. Yeah. That's the part of it. <laughs> he must've lost a lot, a lot of money. A lot yes. on that. You know what I mean? He had the points. He had like, I don't know what the spread, he had the spread was. Well, I think the spread was four and a half points or whatever it was, but like he had the points, Nick Chubb's running towards the end zone. And then he goes out of bounds. Like that is so frustrating. And that is great. It's like, it's where you're like, play fantasy. <laughs> don't yeah, bet. Don't bet. Play fantasy. It's a lot more you can fun. Live, you can live to fight another day. It is. Yeah. I would say that fantasy is more like if you're in Vegas, instead of sitting down at a blackjack table and losing your money in 10 minutes, Fantasy is like poker, where you can sit there for a couple of hours. That's right. Kind of stretch it out, stretch out your misery. But, you know, if you can sit there, I used to go to like the Imperial Palace mm-hmm. and just sit there because, you know, they're a bunch like if you're playing poker at the Imperial Palace, you're not good anyway. So <laughs> it's just a bunch of dudes hanging out. And I remember like, I don't know what the poker pit boss would be called, 
We yeah. just used to roll up with shots of Jägermeister and like, let's get this party started. I'm like, oh, yeah. this <laughs> and you would always, I would always find the one guy who seemed like he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And then if he was betting, I was not betting. That's and right. If he wasn't betting that I was in. And just kind of just. His, his tell was that he's participating. Yes. <laughs> that was what it was. Hilarious. Uh, that, you know, that is, it's great. I mean, it, I will say this about how fantasy has kind of changed the way people have watched like you said i'm not interested in a jags a jags titans matchup or even like a jags like miami i mean who cares but you kind of are if you've got uh, players in the game and then there's like a management aspect like you said is you're managing your team towards the playoffs or you know you're a a it's a new it's a new way to conceptualize the league and it almost turns regular people into people who study the league. So yeah. it, it's better for the NFL. The NFL, I'm sure, is way behind it, and it builds star power, too. All right, my last question for you, because I know this means a lot to you, your Chicago Bears. Theo Epstein steps down from the Cubs, and there was some talk that he could, that people were saying, like, dude, just become the become the bears general manager and make them good like you know what you're doing in a sports world you know what you're doing in chicago bring this bring a a, you know the lombardi trophy back to chicago so what do you what do you what do you what say you to that love it let's do it right now I, i you know when they were talking about his next challenge and moving on and a lot of people speculated about maybe he's going to be an owner of a team i immediately jumped to football and thought like that that'd be such the natural progression i know the browns have tried it as well and i think there's something to be said about the way you construct a team and the pieces that go into it he doesn't need to go out there and scout the players himself right but he knows how to build franchises and build winners and if you think about winning world series with the Red Sox and the Cubs, which in our lifetime seemed like an impossibility. Right, we never thought we'd see. I think that his next challenge is going to the NFL, and I think that the Bears might have an opening, even though people are saying that Ryan Pace will probably be extended or given another opportunity. I would want to go with Theo. I I think it would be fun. And it's one of those, like, what do we got to lose? Like, we haven't won a Super Bowl since 85. Let's make it happen. Let's see what happens. You know, it'll either. I'm going to play this out further. So if he if he brings the it brings the Bears back to prominence, gets them a quarterback, they finally get it all together and they put it all together. And let's say they win in 2025, which you would you would appreciate. That's now. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Forty years after the the '85 Bears. Okay, so they win in 2025. I feel like at that point he could retire from the Bears become the governor of the state of Illinois. Oh, yeah. And then eventually become the president of the United States and be the first Jewish president of the United States. Yes! Right? 100%. That's exactly my mind was thinking. I was with you. That's the trajectory. Like, who would vote against him? Like, what would be... There's nothing you could say. Like, got Boston. He's got Chicago. You know, I mean, two states that are already Democratic. I know. Whatever. All right. Well, then fine. fine. Why don't you move down? Why don't you take over the Texans then? Yes. (laughs) Win a Super Bowl at the Houston Texans. (laughs) Turn it blue. Make it blue. Texas blue. Or Dallas, for that matter. Oh, my gosh. America's team. America's team. America first. Adam Rank, dude, you're the best. And I'm so happy you did this with us. We thank you so much for your awesome knowledge. And, and just, again, your analysis of this is exactly what we want. And I can't wait to watch you uh, on uh, Saturday mornings on Good Morning Football and, uh, and just checking it out. 
Thank you so much. No, I appreciate being on and I appreciate uh, the opportunity, you know, like this is cool. Like we're, you know, we're friends now and everything. And I remember when you guys first came to the NFL network, I was so excited because obviously I watched the cheap sheets and uh, I've been a fan of your comedy too. Like that's I've seen. Yeah, no, you're a stand-up guy. You do, you've done stand-up. I've so. done stand-up, you know, I'm okay, but not to your level, but it's also like, I'm, I'm LeVar Ball. Like I played pickup, you know, like, okay. <laughs> You talk but, uh, a lot of smack. You're sending a kid to Europe to do comedy. Exactly. That's what I did. Right. My son's my son's in Australia right now doing yeah, stand-up. He's so. in the it's Melbourne comedy that's circuit. A good scene. Comic it's a lounge good scene. down there. I gotta say, it's a good it's a smart idea. Um, <laughs> I love it. All right, well, let's take a break. And when we come back, uh, a very, very scary conversation with Rudy Giuliani. On the <laughs> other side of this break, this is View from the Cheap Seeds. Don't go anywhere. Should have watched the sky. You don't want to let it slip. It's really not sublime. I'm only doing what. There you go, Adam Rank, unbelievable. Love that dude. Follow him, uh, watch him, and 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 derive from him whatever you need from a fantasy perspective. Uh, consume all the things that he does. And before we go, um, we didn't even tease this, but uh, Rudy, Rudy Giuliani has had probably one of the worst runs in his like every ounce of goodwill that he collected from being the country's mayor, <laughs> the United States mayor in, in 2001 post 9-11 is completely gone. He is melting so down. He is melting down and his hair dyes just coming down the side of his face. We had a conversation with him before his hair dye had fallen into his face. And so I guess you could say this is a much higher point than where he's at right now. The conversation we had with him was the glory days, the salad days of the good old days of current Giuliani, uh, still batshit crazy. And here's that conversation right now. You know, it's always a mixed bag when we have this guy on, but I, I am curious to hear what what he has to say. It's uh, been a rough couple of weeks for him in court at the uh, he went back to court and it was almost like an athlete who hasn't been on the field in a long time. He was a little out of shape, rusty for sure. But he's uh, the former mayor of New York, Rudy Rudolph Giuliani. Rudy, welcome to the show. How are you doing, sir? Did I mishear you or did you say lusty? I, we said rusty, rusty, not lusty. Rusty. rusty. Okay. Rusty. Well, I'm just making sure. There's been a lot of accusations uh -huh. about my carnal interest lately because of this Borat thing. Yeah, but, yeah. Hey, guys, it's wonderful to talk to you. <laughs> okay. All right. Calm okay. down. You had a run. <laughs> No, no ahead, one made Jay. a joke. No one made a joke. So oh. you've taken over the uh, the camp, the the election contesting uh, duties, legal, the legal, legal battles battle. for Donald Trump, and you were in court, and you had a. You know, this was a fumble, essentially, if this were a football game. You didn't you didn't understand the word opacity. Oh, OK, first of all, first of all, OK, listen, you want to talk about uh, taking over. I've been in charge the entire time. OK, okay? yeah. If you remember, if you remember the press conference that I held yes. uh, last week at the Four Seasons um, landscaping, yes. which was next Total to a landscaping. Adult, uh, yeah, it was the next to a, you know, adult that, bookstore. Listen, there was a lot of disparaging remarks made uh -huh. about that location. Uh -huh. But I can tell you, uh, you know, my my son, who has worked in the movie industry for, for many years, uh -huh. he said, Dad, that was a great location scout you did. Okay. It was beautiful. <laughs> it represented the city of Philadelphia very well. Okay. It wasn't some highfalutin hotel. Uh -huh. So we actually we actually enjoyed that. Uh, Good it was quite a purposeful purposeful location. And, and the aftermath, we, we did visit some of the nearby okay. uh, shops and they okay. were lovely. All right. yeah. That is um, an adult okay. bookstore so, and a crematorium. I don't know what nearby shops you visited, but fine. 
I go there for the articles. Okay. okay. Listen, right. here is here is what I want to tell you. Mm-hmm. My appearance in court yesterday uh-huh. to represent Donald J. Trump uh-huh. versus the state of Pennsylvania, yeah. which, by the way, is looking more like Transylvania because okay. they're sucking the votes out of Republican voters. It's like not. What? It's that's, not. There's, there's no, no proof of that. that. It's a travesty of justice. Mm-hmm. And I do understand what the word opacity means. It's the same as veracity, no. which is truthfulness, and there's none no. of it in that in no. the Keystone State. No, I'm here to tell you. It, have you guys been to Pennsylvania recently? Yes, we have. We have. We've definitely. The Amish have been totally disenfranchised. No. They don't have phones. They don't have cars. They don't have anything. They of course, choose not how to was that those. fair? How was that fair? They choose not to. Now, have now, those apparently, you're in addition. Choice. In addition to uh, heading up the legal team of Donald J. Trump in this, basically, you're. It's it's a hail mary of all hail mary. You're throwing it from the from essentially the locker room this past right here. But you're also bringing a suit against the makers and the filmmakers of the movie, Rudy, for not including enough details about your life. How, how are you attempting to win this case? Well, here's the thing. I was talking to my good friend, uh, an attorney named Robert Shapiro, uh-huh. whose name you might recognize. Sure. Uh, he was involved in the, uh, the Simpson case, yeah. and he now runs uh, LegalZoom, which is a, ter- a terrific organization. Okay. I can't recommend it enough. Right. Um, we're using it actually in the Trump campaign. Okay. Now, in terms of the movie Rudy, you're absolutely correct. Again, here we're looking at a movie that was entirely predicated, okay, uh-huh. predicated on the su- supposition that I played football at the University of Notre Dame. Right. I never stepped foot on the field. Yeah, no, it's... Yet they titled the movie with my name, no. and they had claimed that I was, well, if I did step foot on the field, I would have been a much better player. I'm a terrific athlete. Okay. Trust me. They, you, they, you can talk to Joe Torrey. Yeah. He gave me a tryout. He did, Okay. He gave, you a, he gave you a ring. Don't, don't you have a World Series ring from him or some? I do. And you wear it I on do. you wear it on your pinky like you're a mob boss. I, well, okay. Listen, <laughs> that's a lot of symbolism. You want to read into symbolism. Didn't you try I to get prosecuted. rid of the mob? You tried to get rid of the I, you. You, you I, tried to get listen, rid of the mob. There are times in your life. Okay, and whether it's not like, listen, are there comedians that you guys don't care for people that may be your enemies, quote unquote? Yeah, we're not enemies, but there are some comedians we don't like. Sure. 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 And if you were lawyers, you might go after them to try to undercut them, cut them at the knees, cut cut the career short. Right. No, but you go never. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Let this, let, this is my narrative. So you go to the store, you go to the comedy store, let's say, yeah, or, yeah. or the Yak Yak Club. Oh, wherever God. It is, and and they get up and you know what? You start to look at their act and you think, hey, mm-hmm. maybe these guys aren't so bad after all. Uh, so maybe they've got a point. You've changed your mind about the mob is what you're saying. I'm I'm just saying that I see when I met Igor uh-huh. Uh, Ravinsky uh-huh. uh, from the Ukraine, uh-huh. who was a uh, admittedly uh, in, involved in the organized crime rackets. Of course, he took he took me out for coffee and we played checkers. Okay. It was wonderful, <laughs> right. wonderful. So it was above board. And I said, this guy is representative of so many people that I've been basically maligned by the Democrats and everyone else. Yeah. He's a good, upstanding people. I knew John Gotti. Okay. John Gotti was a terrific man. You are no John Gotti, okay. Randy. All okay. right, all right, all right. Rudy, thank you. you. Turn, you're basically turning the one victory you had and you're now turning against that in your, in your present time. You got to stop talking, Rudy. I, I'm going to give you the advice. Stop talking. Stop with the lawsuit. To, Stop to quote it. Aaron Burr, talk less, smile, smile no more. more. <laughs> I like that. Did you guys just make that up? Yeah, no, no, that That's was Hamilton. Hamilton. All right. Uh, oh, Rudy, what? Oh, Hamilton, Hamilton, Ohio. No fraudulent vote count. That's not fraudulent vote no. count. That's All right, next. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it. I can't I can't even listen All to right. Rudy anymore. I can't. I can't. I can't. All right. Go see the movie. It's false. I <laughs> love you guys. Bye bye.
I mean, he should look back at that and say, where have I fallen from there? Yeah. How, how every single thing out of his mouth, by the way, sounded, he even sounded coherent there. He sounded more coherent there than he did in court, for Christ's sake. Facts. Um, insane. All right. That is our show. You guys want to remind everybody we've got the live dumb people town on 12, 12, December 12th. That's Saturday night, 6 30 PM West coast time, 9 30 Eastern, 7 30 mountain, 8 30 central. I don't know what time it is in New Zealand, but it's going to be fun. Uh, it is the dollop guys, Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds. They're amazing. So it's dollop people town with musical guest, Mac lethal. Uh, we're going to send him the cheap, uh, the, uh, cheap seats, the uh, Dumb People Town theme song. He's going to do his own spin on it. He's just amazing, uh, phenomenal rapper from Kansas City and a good dude. So that's going on. Go to eventbrite.com and look up Live Dumb People Town and get those tickets. And um, that's it. Check out our li- our uh, daily show, Sclabro Country, the Virus Edition. We are still doing that. Uh, rate, review it. Rate and review this podcast, too. If you're a sports fan, tell other sports fans about it. Uh, stay well. Uh, enjoy the last little bit of time over this break uh, with your kids and whatnot, and uh, we'll see you next week. If I leave her for a minute, all the hot rods gather round her. They just can't believe it's such a thing. Star Bands Audio, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.